When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I am a jealous, and this is Tales of Tamriel, your gameplay podcast, and also discussion about meta topics, news, and everything to do with Altmer. No, I'm just kidding. No Altmer will ever be discussed on this show unless it's over a slowly cooked fire. I hope you enjoyed that intro music. Uh, new intro music in our podcast has been generously, I guess, donated, if you will, from Family Jewels. So check him out and all of his other video game covers at youtube.com slash Family Jewels. Some amazing Morrowind cover right there. I'm sad that I didn't actually have our cameras on because I was kind of <laughs> rocking out right there during that entire thing. But uh, yeah. It's really good. I am joined by some other really hyped people today because we have a fun show. We are talking gameplay and, of course, Morrowind, the new expansion, our chapter, or whatever you really want to call it for the Elder Scrolls Online. First off, let me introduce our host, always returning, will always be here with me, and I'll never let him go. Never going <laughs> to give him up either. Arkham never going to let you down. <laughs> how are you buddy i'm doing great i got some sleep this time got my coffee and well that intro is a good way to start the show it's it hypes you up yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) i'm just worried we're gonna get upstaged by our intro music i know right that was really good nothing i was like why don't we just let this play (laughs) well i didn't hear it at all for some reason so i feel perfectly adequate oh 
you missed out. Like you really did. It's you have to go back and watch it. You will. will. You will. That voice, that silky, silky smooth British voice, Nate, aka Misa. How are you? I am powerfully well today. Thank you very much. I'm still basking in the sun that is the morrow win that we had this week, um, and dearly excited to be to be here with you, fine fellows, to to discuss it at length in depth. Indeed. And, um, I'm sure there's another descriptor out there I haven't thought of, but it's late and I've had a beer. So, well, I mean, that, that's fine. And it's late also, in England. It is late in England. For the first time ever, a happy Asari. Hello. Yeah, no, I was telling Agelos. Normally when he invites me on Tales, long-term viewers will already know this. It's He's basically trolling me. It's I, I get this message just out of nowhere. It's like, hey, Asari. Did you hear about those crown crates they're adding to the game? You excited to talk about the crown <laughs> crates? And, and then we just have like an anger fest for an hour. So I told him, okay, there's good news. I'm coming on. I'm coming prepared. Oh, oh yeah. Fanboy mode activates. <laughs> oh, okay. I, guys, we got to pause the show. I got to run up and change. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. All right. So we got a big crew tonight. So... Hey, why? Before we uh, get into all that fun stuff, we might as well talk about what Tales of Tamriel really is, and that is what we've been doing in Tamriel this week. Arkaneer, buddy, yeah. what have you been doing? So, um, I realized this week that I haven't been questing at all because I've done Ebonart Pact and I've done Daggerfall Covenant, and I have no intention of doing Daldmeir Dominion. So, um, I was. <sighs> Just grinding stuff. So I thought I'd do some quest. And since I just watched uh, the World of Warcraft movie last week, and as kind of bad as it was, the magic of Medivh got me thinking, you know, I have to do something regarding to magic. I've been a tank for a long time. So that reminded me that uh, Kraglorn is, has a storyline focusing on the mage, Celestial the mage. So uh-huh. I started doing the Kraglorn quest for the first time. I mean, we did them the, um, on um, Wings of Fate yeah. Kraglorn nights, but I never really paid attention to the quest during those nights. So I started the quest, and I didn't get far. I just completed, I guess, the first uh-huh. initial quest of it. I don't know. And it's fun. I gotta say, I don't, I don't know why I haven't done Kraglorn all this time, but... It's fun. One thing, since I've got all you lore uh, maniacs, I guess, here. All right. I never thought that the Celestials had actually, you know, avatars or, uh, you know, beings. And, you know, I just thought they were uh, constellations, you know, stars. So in Kraglorn, you see, at least I've so far, I've seen the, the thief, Celestial, mm-hmm. as an avatar, you know, at the beginning of the quest. So what are Celestials exactly, if you want to elaborate on that? I have a theory, and I was actually thinking about this myself. A lot of the spirits, like you said, with the fact that they have a physical avatar in these constellations, mm-hmm. the constellations originally were when all of the original spirits, the Et Ada, during the creation of Mundus, the mortal plane, decided, Lorcan, you're a crazy bastard, we're leaving and booked it with Magnus and ripped mm-hmm. the hole through Aetherius. That's where the starlight comes from. Yeah. But the Celestials themselves, it's odd that they are in a certain pattern. My theory 
is that these celestials that we are meeting in Craglorn are actually remnants of the original Et Ada that were helping to create Mundus and the and the and the plane. So they are outside in outside in Aetherius controlling their, you know, exit holes mm-hmm. or whatever you want to say. Like that the spirits are able to flow in and out. Or at least they were, especially at this point in time, because the dragon fires aren't blocking off all the planes of oblivion. So you kind of have free reign uh, for spirits to come in and out through the void, the Erebus. Mm-hmm. Nate, mm-hmm. I, I just know you love talking lore. Yes, does, I does do. my theory sound? Uh, the sound? only thing that I can think of at the top of my head about celestials is that they date back to the Marethic era, but I can't remember exactly why that is. Do you um, think the Celestials have something to do with the uh, Elmnafay? The wandering El- not the wandering Elmnafay, but the Elmnafay that became the Earthbones. Because technically, even if they are constellations in the Mundus, the Mundus being contained within itself, you know, like they could be uh, Elmnafay. Could be. Uh, I wish I could pretend to have more mm-hmm. knowledge or... Uh... Or, or just provide some very quick insight, but uh, I actually don't. Wow. Um, it's it's one of the areas that I know little about because their appearance is so rare in, mm-hmm. in you know any other Elder Scrolls lore. Mm-hmm. Um, there's very little written in the in the books um, in other games for for obvious reasons. So um, yeah, it's it's a it's a bit of a mystery. And if, if to be honest, it's one of the reasons why the Craglorn storyline was so compelling. It's because it, it introduces you to a lot of new stuff. <laughs> that you don't hear about. You meet one of the Elmafay, the earth bones in Glenumra, actually like it's a humanoid form, but it's like stone golem esque. And, uh, they, they refer to themselves as the, um, uh, Elmafay, the earth bones. Hmm. Now yeah. I don't remember it. You know, this is a good reason to come back to this topic actually yeah. and say, Hey, we're going to explain <clears throat> a bit more about celestials because if for no other reason, it gives me an excuse to sit down and actually read up on it. Well, it sounds like you have to do that because I already have my theories and ideas and it just shows how much of an Elder Scrolls nerd that I really am because it's like I just shouting off stuff and everyone's like, what? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what just happened here? Did I just get mind raped? Like, yeah. I certainly recognized a couple of those words, yes. <laughs> You're like one of those guys who just like listens into the conversation but then just repeats a few words ah yes wandering elm the elm the fake mm. yes, <laughs> yes clearly yeah i really love the mystery about them and i think the unreliable narrators you know just structure of the test story has really added a lot to their mystique <laughs> that was just a bunch of random words you threw together <laughs> so i just did a, a bit of quick googling just to All see right. if i could garner some knowledge for for, for listeners uh, this is an interesting sentence. Celestials were created in the Marethic era, which I was, I'm pleased to say mm-hmm. I was right about, um, by, which is where my knowledge ended. Uh, and then this sentence continues, by the ancient star-worshipping needs of the Deathlands, um, which I'd forgotten. So, so, that's who, so they were, that's who created them. They're created entities, like uh-huh. magical entities mm-hmm. by needs in yep. the Marethic era. Yeah, and at first, so they created weaker ones and then they got pa- more powerful. They got bigger and that's yeah. I mean, it does say in the quest line that there are lesser celestials or I guess the I think the lesser ones the, were the earlier ones. I think the lesser ones yeah. are the ones that came first. Then, and then the, they gradually got more important. Yeah, then the you know the guardian, the I guess the warrior, the uh, mage and the thief becomes the guardian of the lesser ones. Mm-hmm. And they the Lord, end the lady, up being yeah. the guardians, yeah. 
You know, it's actually really fascinating, and this is something I wanted to bring up when you said this. You know how during the introduction quest, now this is going all the way back to like the very beginning. So here we are telling tales once again. <laughs> going back to the beginning of the Elder Scrolls Online when we first got the announcement trailer. Remember that one big line that was set up that the serpent dominated the sky? Hmm. Right? No. Like that, as it pushed the constellation out. If you look at that was pretty much one of the intro um, introductions to the Elder Scrolls Online being that the serpent blots out the other constellations. That's how this interregnum shows up. With that being said, Craglorn really because of if you've done Sanctum Ophidia and defeated the serpent and followed all that storyline, you are in theory finishing the game as it was originally attended with removing the serpent's influence over the uh, Nernian skies. Hmm. I just don't remember that trailer throw at all that out there. it's such a long time ago now. Yeah, like yeah. three, four years ago now. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I guess if... if if they never intended i mean it's impossible that they didn't never intended a dlc but if you ignore dlcs that would make sense that craglorn ends the sanctum of ends the game as it was intended well yeah i mean and uh i've been remiss i did not say hello to our chat room so chat room hello <laughs> we have quite a number of you in there so if you guys have any questions or anything of that nature please feel free to throw them out there and uh, that's that's really cool. So I just actually happened to look over and see some chatting going on, and I was remiss for not introducing the chat room as <laughs> our fifth co-host because the chat room always is our fifth co-host. Um, oh, oh. <laughs> mostly because we refer to them, but then we don't actually give credit, or we steal their ideas and don't give credit. That's how that works. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, chat room. <laughs> <laughs> ah. So, all right. Um, anything else, Ark? I mean, I could go on about Celestials, but I'm actually really fascinated the fact that they are not Elnafay, or at the very least, the original Et Ada that escaped through Mundus. And that actually brings up another question on lore of when the Et Ada tore through the Plains of Oblivion to get to mm-hmm. Aetherius to escape Mundus with Magnus and all of them, why did they do so in a pattern? <laughs> Uh, I don't know. You know, it's just like... Or perhaps they just did it in random, and uh, in due time, people just started seeing a pattern. So they... I don't know. Oh, I mean, it is what it <laughs> is, but... I don't know. It's 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 fascinating, and, and how, like you said, if that is true, when the Yet Ada left, and they just so happened to go, hey, that kind of looks like a, uh, you know, a, a snake, and the, and the needs of the Morethic era. And the Morethic era is fascinating in that it's the only time period with well the dawn age too i guess but the morethic and the dawn age are the only two periods in um tamrielic history or or nern history not just tamriel where they're said to be the longest running periods but no definite timeline actually exists it could have been a thousand years it could have been ten thousand years you don't Mm. actually know all the other eras are associated essentially, well, you know, with the coming of a great power, whether it be the Cameron dynasty for the first era or... Uh, isn't, uh, isn't it for a theorist, is that not more that it, there is no beginning or end because it's meant to be, it's meant to be like eternal or immortal. So it's, there's no time because sort of the concept or the, the notion of time itself kind of doesn't apply to it. 
within is, within the Morassic versus well here's the thing even Aetherius is subject to time because Aetherius exists outside Mundus the mortal plane but it does not exist outside the void and mm. the void when when Akatosh was essentially born created time and uh, Anu and Padme wrestling over you know uh, ner, near near the original um when they wrestled themselves out of time and out of the void, did they wrestle into the void or did they, you know, is where's time actually exist? I actually feel like Aetherius is still subject to time, even if you're deathless within Aetherius. Hmm. This is an interesting debate to have uh, as a standalone item alongside Celestials. We should do Aetherius and, and, and you know, because they have various planes like Oblivion, don't they? So there's a lot of stuff we can talk about in there. Mm. We can talk about Mundus in general. This this could be an entire series. That yep. we, you, asked, you asked Ark, what have you done in the game this week? And we've somehow <laughs> spent 15 wonderful minutes talking about, you know, the timelessness that is uh, the, the historic realms of... of <laughs> we're not Tamriel, but well, see, this is what happens when you get me on lore. Okay, mm. we all know this. <laughs> this was a mistake. This was a mistake. <laughs> yeah. We need to. We need to keep going. But I do well, actually. I... Um, we actually got quite a few responses from people that one of their favorite parts of Tales of Tamriel was when I go on lore rants. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I just learned way more than I signed up to learn. <laughs> yeah. I want to hear Asari's opinion. Make him talk," said Zealot. Yeah, yeah, he would say that, wouldn't he? He would. No, actually, though, that was really interesting because I have not done Craglorn yet, somehow. <laughs> ah, um, okay. And I just, I just picked up the quest the day to, um, to do my uh, crafting writs since apparently the drop-off has moved back to there for Morsinium. Uh, yeah, it so, is. Yeah. yeah, so that's why I was asking the DCN Discord earlier about, you know, hey, Craglorn's sellable, right? And maybe I should do this because earlier I could never get like a full group to do it with me, so I, it just mm-hmm. never got around to happening. Uh, so, yeah, it, I, I think I'm going to be going into this with more context than I had before or wanted. Uh, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> or wanted. That's the thing about Elders. The, the thing that I love most about this series is the fact that the lore is so in depth. And so batshit crazy at times that it's mm-hmm. like, what is going? It makes you actually think about it. It's not cut in stone like a lot of other other fantasy worlds are very cut in stone. This happened. Yeah, I was. These are, I was very. I was being serious with my canned statement about yeah. unreliable narrators. I, I think it's really interesting, even though I don't know. Uh, I sort of checked out at sort of the cosmological level of the lore where you guys just <laughs> dove right in. But uh, <laughs> it's well, interesting the the parts that I follow a bit more closely, and that and that's one of their narrative devices that they use to tell story and lore within the Elder Scrolls is the ignorant narrator. Essentially, mm-hmm. it, the story is not written in a a quote unquote lore book somewhere, and this is the finite facts. Everything is subjective to the people telling the story, and this is. N- not anywhere as clear as when you look at the difference between um, the Alessian Pantheon, which was just you know a mess of everything else, and the Khajiiti structure. Every every deity tends to have, or every group or religion tends to have a few minor heroes of themselves: Trinamac, Riddlethar, etc., etc. But if you look at the Khajiit culture, it almost mirrors the imperial. Um, 
the Imperial cult identically, except for the fact that it's in a very simplistic way. Everything is cats. Akatosh is Alkosh, which is essentially in Akatosh is the drag or the dragon king or dragon time dragon or dragon god of time. And the Khajiit ever so expertly just say he's the dragon cat king of time. <laughs> Everything is just cat. Mm, you can't have a dragon cat. He chooses to believe. You can have a dragon cat. <laughs> and that's what the Khajiit say. Um, and when you look at it like that, that's probably the most simplistic story between the two where pretty much everything is just a one-for-one one comparison except for they add cat somewhere in there. Um, it, it's just, as you go branch out within the different cults within Tamriel, does it, the story have similar roots? And yet when you hear it from one perspective... It's like it, it differs. Like you never really know: is this guy lying? Is he not? I mean, even the case of one of the biggest mysteries in Tamriel, the disappearance of the Dwemer. There are at least four solid theories in the game about what happened to them, but none of them are said to be true, and they all come from the perspective of different groups of people. And some groups of people believe the exact same thing, but they believe it came up came around some other way. Like, uh, um, uh, what's his name? Oh, the chief tonal architect using the tools on the heart of Lorcan. First, it was you know uh, uh, Nerevar was like, oh, don't do it, don't don't be bad, and he did it anyway. And the other one is they fought to the death, and then on his deathbed he did it. I mean, it, it all depends on who's telling the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> lore. Tales of Tamriel brought to you by this. lore. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I feel accomplished that I initiated this law rent no so that's that's what i basically did i started crack law <laughs> and and tales of tamriel don't necessarily have to be what we do in game because this is part of it <laughs> this is us yeah. having a theological discussion about in game lore, um which we all love so all right anything else ark no nah, not from me no. okay <laughs> sorry it's been nice seeing you back in the game. I think I've even sent you a few messages on Discord going, what are you doing playing at this time of day? Shouldn't you be at work? And you've been conveniently sick, even though you look completely healthy. I hope your boss doesn't watch Tales of Tamriel, or else you might be outed. No, they got me They got me sick up at a work conference with like a couple thousand people, and just like half of the company has been out sick this week. It's pretty funny. Um, but while I was conveniently ill, yep, I uh, finally got around to finishing up my Ebonheart character. Um, I've been right. playing at the DC, so now he's almost caught up, I think. Um, so I guess I'll just keep playing him, since that's where most people tend to be now. Blood for the pack. Of course. Yep. In, in the pack. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yep. Well done. You made the correct life choice. <laughs> that is correct. I still, I, I, just like my one complaint, if, if they would just let me pick up my um, undaunted Oh, where you left? Oh. Yes, if I, could, if I could pick those up in Wayrest so I wouldn't have to spend any time in Morrowind, I would Did, be a much happier person. They don't let you do that? I've never tried, I, so I don't... I know I you think can they do. let you do that. I know you do they can let pick you do up. it now. I think they do because I think they. I know I was in Wayrest the other day because I or today actually because I was looking for audio snippets and my son's upstairs. I was looking for audio snippets and I specifically wanted to find those two uh, NPCs that talk about riding crops because I thought oh. that was funny. Amanda's um, saying they do in the chat. Well, yeah. there we go. Yeah, I, I thought so because I was able to pick up the dailies from the fighters and mages guild good. and undaunted while I was in Wayrest. 
but that it didn't work that way before one Tamriel, but I'm glad they they changed it because yeah. Wayrest is the best city. Wayrest is very pretty. I, I uh, they should also it. add undaunted stuff to. Uh, I, I I would say like Orsinium and probably whatever the big city is in the uh, the expansion. I I would like you know the you know how in like yeah. traditional MMOs you move to a new city. Yeah, I I just think that would be cool. Very much. Get a nice change of scenery. Mm. We all need it. Anything else? But yeah. <laughs> yeah, got him caught up. Finished gold. Nice. <laughs> nice. Nate, aka uh, oh, Misa, again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What has Misa been doing? I remember that I was listening to you uh, on Alithcast yes. um, before Christmas, and the only thing that really stuck out to me on Alithcast is the fact that you were talking about jumping naked into a river with Misa. And yes, I did that, and then I logged onto the game and did very similar things in the game. <clears throat> um, my Christmas was mostly spent nude, uh, which is how I like to spend my life. Well, there you go. Um, just not what on Twitch, because I... they don't like that for some odd No, 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 no. I've, I've got a top half on here, but, you know, you'll let your imagination run wild with what's below the T-shirt. No, um, this week, what have I been doing? As most weeks uh, see me doing, I've been in PvP, mostly experimenting with how long I can survive for running solo. Turns out, pretty long uh, for several hours running solo, um, which has been a lot of fun, because I normally run with um, a, one kind of hardcore PvP group, um, one more casual pvp group but still um, a lot of fun and um i decided that actually when those guys log off it's a good opportunity for me to start running things on my own uh, which is actually what i'm doing right now as we speak is uh soloing through cyrodiil which is not easy but is a lot of fun it's very rewarding so i've been doing a lot of that um, the other thing I've been doing is I noticed a few achievements that I didn't have that I actually really wanted to uh, to get. And one of them is um, to finish killing Molag Ball's um, generals at the at the the Dark Anchors, which mm. despite having played the game now for about three years, um, you know, with two, three thousand hours probably put into into the game. Goodness knows. No, many more than that probably. I'm not sure. Um, I still hadn't got them. So I got the last one that I needed this week, uh, which was... Who was the last one? Um, Ozas, Ozas something? I can't remember. Ozashar. Something oh, like that. Was it um, one of the Storm Atronachs? Yeah, it's a huge guy. Yeah, I got him Just looking at the thing. Oh, Oz. No, whatever. <laughs> Some big, big guy who fell from the big sky. Big Sparky. <laughs> yeah. Ours, uh, uh, Sadie says Sparky Paul. That's what she named hers. Right. Well, I, I, well him. Yeah. So I did that. I got that achievement. Uh, I also did Imperial City Prison for the first time. Um, mm. Again, just thinking, like, what haven't I done in, in the game and, and, in, and in PvP? What, what can I do that's a little different? So I went through and did that two or three times, um, which was a lot of fun. It's uh, it's not as big as I actually thought it was. I thought when it first came out, I actually thought it was a huge, you know, absolutely monstrous sized um, dungeon. But you can actually complete it in about maybe ten, you know, ten minutes very easily. Ah, have you done prison? People. Prison. That's what Imperial I'm talking about. Imperial City. Oh, you did Imperial City. Yeah. Oh, I thought you said White Gold Tower. I don't know. No, 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 no. In Imperial City okay. Prison. That's what I'm talking about. Right. White Gold Tower. I'm planning on doing this week. Okay. Um, but I just never, I'd never done them because, you know, to me, Cyrodiil had always been 
you know main PvP and then later on sewers and I actually never did any of the uh, any of the the group dungeons in there so mm. so I did those a few times this week and uh, just got used to them was getting some gear actually from uh, from there that I was after so um, it was so much fun back when those dungeons were a horrible experience <laughs> yeah I heard they changed them um, and they were nerfed pretty hard once upon a time the reason why it is a long dungeon. But that first zombie boss, that no, the second one, the one on the pit, uh, you know, there's a big pit and there's all these slaves yes, walking to it. Yes, the one that it. you can't actually do any damage to for a while. Yes. And he just, he just brings slaves towards him. He, he was easy. He's easy, he's easy now. now. He he's was insanely now. hard before. Yeah. And you can, uh, you, can, you can do that dungeon with three people pretty easily. Yeah. Well, Ark and I did it with, who was it? Was it Avi? Yeah, all of you and we I. three manned it all the way up until the Lord Warden, but that Lord Warden man, he was <laughs> he's, he's, he's tough. He so is. we we had we died a couple of times, but um, I think I did it three times in in one evening. So okay, it was it was it was it was good fun. It was a good learning experience as well. Because and there still are some things in in the game like that that I haven't done. Like I haven't done any of the trials yet because I just oh. don't know where to start. You know, it's the kind of thing that people do them and they know how to do them and they do them every week and for, for me it's it's weird because i would say i'm an extremely experienced player in terms of dungeons in terms of a pve in terms of pvp except trials which i've just never done i don't even really know how they work so the normal modes are extremely easy i wouldn't yeah, really feel right. uh yeah i wouldn't feel bad about going into just a pug of one mm-hmm. of those and getting to see what's going on because you'll you'll be able to just do your thing without some of the veteran dungeons are harder than the normal trials now with Mm. that being said the veteran trials are still no joke like yeah oh yeah i i can imagine that and i and i think it's good that that stuff's there you know people want to be able to really get good at in this leaderboards and stuff and i love and i love seeing that stuff um but i it's one of those things where i just don't know where to begin like what i'd really love is for you know two or three people or however many people i mean it's up to 12 isn't it for some of those 12 yeah to sort of, I don't want to say walk me through. Like, I know how to fight. I know how to play. But those are so much more about mechanics and teamwork. And I just want to start learning what I need to learn, let alone learn it, if that makes sense. You should come to the North American Mega Server on <laughs> Friday nights when we do our trial nights. <laughs> then I'd come with one of my crappy brand new builds oh, fresh we, out of we, the way. We bring lots of people. So, I mean, okay. if you ever want to learn and you're up at 9 at night Eastern time, whatever that would be. 2 a.m., 2 a.m., but we do it on Fridays. So that's like 2 a.m. Saturday. So, I mean, you know, whatever. Yeah. If you want to learn, we'll take you. Yeah. Uh, I think so. I mean, I think my so my one of my, you know, my main PvP guild, shout out to Aleth, um, who I've been with for over two years, certainly. You know, they do a lot of this sort of stuff, and I've just never jumped in and, and, and joined. Um, but I was thinking about I should really be having this conversation with them, but I should really offer to sort of take groups through PvP and explain how all this stuff works, you know, from the towns mm. to the anchors to the keeps to the villagers and all this sort of stuff. And in exchange, someone can show me what the hell you do in Aetherius Archive. So it is... I should really be suggesting that to... to <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> um. They're gorgeous zones, by the way. Absolutely gorgeous. And a lot of the mechanics, not so much in normal, because you can kind of cheese through a lot of them. But on veteran, um, they they are difficult. Like, they are very difficult. And um, when I talk in my tales, I'll I'll, I'll regale you a little bit with uh, Amanda Gray's in chat. And she talked me into going to Veteran Authorian Archive. Mm -hmm. I don't know what time it was. Probably about 11. Around 2 in the morning, it's like, guys... 
my son's gonna wake up in like four hours and he's gonna want to play <laughs> i i gotta go to bed um but uh yeah i'll talk about that then yeah but that's that's i think that's mostly what i've been doing uh trying to earn a bit of money as well a bit of gold ahead of um ahead of ho- housing coming up shortly yeah and monday uh, it's monday yes indeed 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 it is monday i am not so, uh, deeply uh deeply excited deep yeah. into my core to my erect spine to my erect spine <laughs> yes well we're gonna save those erect spines for a little later during our uh our big discussion topic because i know <laughs> we all have erect spines i think i even tweeted out about the uh the archer scene after the marwind announcement uh with krieger i'm sure you all can find it um but yeah anything else no that's it Tell us, what have you been doing? All right. Return the hostage favor. What have you done this week? (laughs) I've been doing a lot of stuff. Um, For the first time in three years of playing this game, uh, I have officially finished gold content. Hey! Yeah! Slash cheer. Now I have no idea what in bloody oblivion to do. (laughs) Because I'm saying... Before, I had a very well-cut-out plan of what I was doing because it was all just very, you know, on the train tracks going. Um, now I'm sitting here going, do I start Craglorn? Do I start Thieves' Guild, Dark Brotherhood? Do, do I actually P- go to Rothgar? Mega server and join PvP with me? <laughs> I, yeah, that's an option. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm actually, at this point, I haven't been questing anymore. Once I finish that... Only because I'm now sitting at a point... Because once I go into a zone, I don't split my questing. I don't know why. I just... I don't. Um, I will not go anywhere else until I finish that entire zone. Because all the stories are very fluid. And, and uh, if you pay attention... or Some some of the best storytelling in any MMO is in this MMO. Um, like yeah. The quests are really good. And the supplemental books that aren't necessarily for you to read. But if you read them... Um, do have a lot of information in them um but uh yeah so that's that's what i've been doing so i finally got my cadwell helm you know rocking that mm-hmm. um i became the savior of nern because i did every anchor and it was really funny because as i started getting to the end of reaper's march which is the last zone for me in gold because i'm Evan Hart packed uh it was really funny because as i'm finishing stuff like as i finish the delve it's like you finished this delve you finished all delves in Reaper's March. You finished yeah, you, all delves in Aldmari oh, Dominion. You isn't it the most satisfying? <laughs> isn't it the most satisfying thing in the world when that happens? It's just a chain of achievements. Yeah, like, I've achieved something today. Yeah, exactly. There was like six of them in a row because you know it's like you finished the delve. You finished all the delves in the zone. All the delves in the alliance. All the delves in Nern. <laughs> it's it's nice. I've got quite a few. Uh, uh, titles now, explore all that fun stuff. I still have a few things that I want to complete as I go back into the other zones. I think I'm still missing a few Lightbringer people. Um, you know, the finding my eek everywhere, sitting down having a cup of tea with him, because um, that's what I like to do with my eek. I know you were talking about that oh months ago, Nate, where that was something you were deciding to do, like hunting down my eek in all the different areas. Absolutely, and I did one. it. I did it. I I got him. I found him in all of his places. Um, yeah, he's a fun he's a fun guy, but uh, I miss that guy. I miss that fairy little guy. I know he's he he is really cool, and I'm I'm really, um, yeah. 
Um, I also we did not run Imperial City uh, this week because I was tired. My wife and son were not feeling good. So um, Thursday night when we normally run it, I said, "Hey, we're not going to." But if you're watching this live, we are running Imperial City at nine o'clock tonight. Which at this rate, the podcast might not even be over at that point. So <laughs> um, keep that in mind that after this show, we are running Imperial City in the Ebonheart Pact. Um, in, in the North American Mega Server PC side. So if you're watching live and you want to come along, absolutely. If you're not watching live and want to join our guild anyway, just send me a message in game at Agelos because that's nice and simple and that's how it goes. And we'll get you in there. Um, but I did run a few trials with uh, Kings and Thieves, uh, the guild that I'm part of. All really cool people, obviously, because uh, they listen to the show. Um, that's not why, but it does give brownie points. Um, and I actually got my first piece of gold jewelry uh, from them, which is a theor- uh, the uh, infall- or infallible aether neck piece of something. So hmm. um, I do actually – I planned out all my character builds for all 12 characters because I have all 12 characters now. Um, four in every alliance for no greater reason than I have one class in every alliance and – so there you go. Um, so that was really cool. I have all them planned out. They're all made with the exception of the Aldmari Dominion ones because <sighs> I have a hard time creating Altmer. Um, albeit I can make an Altmer look really darn good. So Impossible. Well, mm, it is impossible. I earned some brownie yeah. points with it because I, I decided – I saw one. It There's actually uh, an Altmer in the – um, Outlaw Den in Davin's Watch. Is and it dead? Is actually... No. Then it's not a good-looking Altmer. That's true. <laughs> um, yeah. But this is actually what made me think, wow, I could probably make a good-looking Altmer um, because she's, like, really hot. And, you know... Hey, playing with fire, Chief. Playing with fire. The sex trade is alive and well in Tamriel, Okay. Mostly Dunmer. If you, if you go to the Ebon Flask, you'll see it. Um, so she can be like a sex slave. That's fine. Um, now that's what I'm thinking about at the moment. Mm. Show's over, guys. See you later. Uh, no, um, so I can make her pretty hot. But I actually made one a while ago, and she actually turned out really hot. And I'm looking at her going, wow, she's really hot. And then I earned myself some brownie points because as I'm sitting there staring at her, I go, she looks like Thais. I remember this. This was some time ago, right? This yeah, was some time yeah. ago. I still have mm-hmm. her, so but I need to make another one and I'm just not into it. The Khajiit I really like though. I really love the Khajiit. Like they're as a as a people, I really like them. And part of what I've been doing is as I've been going through Reaper's March, I'm done with all those bloody Bosmer. I'm done with them. I'm tired of them. So goodbye. Uh, but the Khajiit I really like. So getting to talk to the Khajiit and seeing how their um, their culture is. And I like their culture because it's a weird mix of, like, Indian subcontinent and, like, I don't know, Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a weird hybrid of the two, and it's really fascinating to me. Um, so th- th- them I've really liked. So I- I'm going to make a few Khajiit, and I actually am going to make a Khajiit uh in honor of of my real life Khajiit who we had to put down because she was really sick so she's going to be immortalized in game as a little Khajiit uh i have her picture next to my desk is this the one that cut your computer off during the last podcast is is, is that why she was put down (laughs) yeah that's why she was put down (laughs) 
Uh, no. That, quick turnaround. I, quick turnaround. I love that cat, but yeah, she's a pain in the butt. No, it's our it's our little cat. Um, yeah, so I'm gonna immortalize her in ESO as as a Khajiit. Um, so she'll serve a purpose. Um, so I, I got to do that. Uh, what else did I do? Oh my goodness, I feel like I've done a whole lot. Oh, um, I've obviously been working on my Sexplar 2.0. Which is different from my original Sexplar, which is a two-handed Templar tank. He's really cool. Uh, 60% of the time he works every time. And he works always better than Ark. Now, the fact that you had to make a point two, point two. No, no, no. Point you two know, is the DPS proves that, proves that the first one didn't work at all. No, the first one worked amazing. Um, and I told you, it's going to be a bit on this show that every, every episode we argue about Sexplar. We've done it for like six episodes <laughs> in a row, so I always have to get that jab in. Um, Sexplar 2.0. Here's why. So, is that a jab joke? No, it's not a jab joke, but you're close. I'm running five Night Mother's Gaze, which is the crit that adds, uh, decreases physical resistance. Good set from the Rift. Yeah. F- I'm farming, one of the reasons why I want to farm Maul of Lurkaj, which is one of the trials, is I need Roar of Alkosh, because that also adds um, that physical de- that debuff um, whenever you use a synergy. And then I need to get one of the monster helms as well. And the main reason is because this is a penetration build. So Sexplar 2.0, now with more penetration. Ah! <laughs> uh, uh- because uh, it's all penetration, physical penetration. You know, the crit oh, yeah. gives the debuff. Uh, I this use uh, power of the light rapidly. This which is, is rapidly becoming filthy. Which is minor uh, fracture, which gives penetration, and roar of Alkosh, which gives penetration. So sexplar 2.0 now with more penetration. I just need to farm all those set pieces. <laughs> Episode 132, less with less family friendliness. <laughs> <sighs> yes. Um, <laughs> then I ran Veteran uh, Altherian Archive with Amanda Gray um, because I finally got to run something with her last week, I think it was. Maybe. Um, so she sent me a message going, hey, let's run Vet AA, which actually went fairly well. Uh, I think uh, we started a little later than, than what uh, we wanted to. We probably could have pushed through it, but it was getting late. So, I mean, everyone was kind of tired, and we're like, hey, we're going to bed. But otherwise, the group went really, really well. Like, we did really good. I think the only time we actually wiped on anything was the first boss we wiped because none of us can tell time on an analog clock, apparently. Um, Because how (laughs) how the first boss is, it's a storm atronach that when it comes down, in the vet version at least, in the normal version, you can cheese everything and just dps it like crazy but the vet version it does a lightning storm where it creates a a, like a little gold circle somewhere around it that you have to step in or else the electrical storm just rips you apart well the first time they cry six o'clock and we all ran behind the boss but apparently the six o'clock that's noon Six o'clock was behind us. Uh, we thought six o'clock. I don't know. I don't. I don't know how half of us did whatever. And then we wiped uh, twice on the Wisp Mother because we weren't. Our DPS was just not quite high enough to kill the Wisp in time. Um, which you don't technically have to do if you have mitigation planned. And that's actually how we downed it. Is we kept dropping um, 
meteors, not meteors, uh, novas on the boss, and then all like blocking and hiding in the nova. But the more bo- when she splits, the more of her little apparitions that are up, the more damage she does. And by the end, as the fight goes on, it starts off with like two, and then it gets like six. Um, so it gets harder and harder the longer you go. Um, and once we figure that out, that went pretty quick. Um, the biggest issue we had, and I think we wouldn't have wiped as much, um, the mage in Authorian Archive Vet summons mini-mages, which will just tear your group apart. The The objective at that point is to have ranged DPS split off and, and kill them while melee handles you know the boss. We had six melee and only like two ranged, which also hurt us because chain lightning was just ripping through us hardcore. So our our setup was not optimal. And of course, anyone who was stamina really can't go range because we all know bow sucks. Like your damage just goes down terribly. The only thing bow's good for is dots. Plop some dots, switch back to your main bar anyway. So um yeah that that was our major issue with the mage is that we had we were very melee heavy and uh the chain if the chain lightning didn't kill us um the the melee or the melee couldn't get close enough to the mini mages to kill them before the black circles of death just ate us alive so yeah all right well that's kind of what i did this week and we've already made it an hour into the show with tales which is fine because that's what tales of tamriel is (laughs) but we've got a big announcement for all of you guys here which we all have seen um last week they tweeted out a little teaser um which was just like you know a little lava going you know whatever's going on and during the it was a dragon it was get off my show I did hope. I just ranted for twenty minutes on lore. Get off my show. There are going to be dragons. It was a dragon. They're just playing the long game. I mean, there is no reason it couldn't be a dragon. Not you, Ark. Not you. Just there are dragons in Tamriel at this time. They are just not around. I heard the breathing. If nothing, it's part. You know the. The one at the top of the Troll of the World, whatever the name was. Yeah, I mean that's a lie. So maybe it was a st- maybe it it could have been a main story with Greybeards. I don't know, or Akatosh. I don't know. It could have been. Maybe but it was. Fox has a secret love child. I hate you guys. I, I hate you guys. No, done. <laughs> We're show's over. Screw it. <sighs> Seriously, guys, I just ran for a half hour on lore, and you're going to pull dragons. This is as bad as when ESO came out, and everyone's like, is there going to be dragons? No. I still like to ask them that. Nerd reach! Come on their toes. You might want to move on, man, otherwise this uh, this conversation is going to drag on. It is going to drag on. But anyway, thanks, Asari. Um, Bethesda had their stream, and they announced the Elder Scrolls Online... Morrowind, which I pretty much cried when I heard the music at the end because it's the Morrowind theme. And I love the Morrowind theme with all my heart. So, guys, I know we, even on Tales of Tamriel, we talked about the data mine Vardenfell. We all knew Vardenfell was coming. So it wasn't really a surprise, like, oh, this is out of the ordinary, out of the blue. It was a surprise on how they're doing it. Mm -hmm. And... 
let's talk about that a little bit. Morrowind is now coming out as a full-fledged expansion. Okay? For those of you, I know we, I've had a few questions from various people in the guild about how this is going to work because this is their first MMO. For me, and I know Asari's this way as well, we've been MMO players for a long time. The idea of an expansion, a paid expansion, is nothing new to us. It was like, yeah, all right, that's cool. Um, but I know a lot of other people were a little confused. But, uh, Ark, why don't we start with you and hear what your thoughts are on, on, on this um, with the uh, expansion? Uh, in general? Or... Yeah, yeah, just overview it. Well, um, as for stars, I'm not as excited about Morrowind as many people because, you know, I've never played Morrowind. Get off my show! <laughs> Too late for that. Uh, <laughs> but um, otherwise, I'm glad that they are adding that as an expansion or a chapter, as they call it, instead of a DLC because... As you know, I've been waiting for a new main story level uh, storyline for a long time. Like instead of just a DLC with Dark Lord or Thief, Thieves Guild, uh, a large enough story that can um, cover as a main story. So this feels like it will do the job with the entire Morrowind storyline. I'm not sure what it is. It's the uh, meteor, meteor thing, right? Bardow. What? Bardow. I don't know. I didn't play. It's Bardow. It's a, it's, it's a the Ministry of Truth. It's it's a meteor that's hovering above the city. So uh, that's that's all I know about Morrowind. <laughs> you well, know, if, if you are watching, they're mistaking for a meteor. Maybe maybe it's a it's a dead dragon falling. I don't know. It could be. If <laughs> people watching this as an uh, audio form, as in podcast form. Uh, you might just want to check YouTube version for um, Axe's reaction to all this. He is he he is dying. Over I am seething <laughs> over here. Okay. Uh, Lore Rage Ag, yeah, as Single Malt yeah. pointed out in chat. <laughs> um, but overall, I'm excited. I like I like the fact that it's a. Well, I'm actually neutral about the fact that it's a. Uh, it's outside of ESO Plus because. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I'm not an MMORPG player. I don't know how the expansions were priced in other MMORPGs, but the upgrade is fairly affordable, but I'm going for the collector's edition anyway. so That's I right. <laughs> um, I love the fact that they're adding the warden class. That's that's what I'm most excited about in this expansion because I'm bored of playing Dragon Knight, I'll admit. And... Because I've only played Dragon Knight since the, the release of the game. And I need something else. Gotcha. So yeah, that's I guess that's overall. Yeah, and 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 more of a meta topic here with this, but with the warden, which we will talk about later. We're not going to get into a big thing now, but that kind of fits you. Uh, I think we were talking personally that the idea of like a nice mage oh, yeah. type person oh, yeah. fits you aesthetically like how i see myself as the holy warrior like i always play some sort of paladin or templar that's that's how i identify in rpgs frost mage was something that you said you identify as i mean in every single you know tabletop rp campaign or any game that allows the use of frost or ice magic i'm using it my my characters are always based around the frost ice magic so now that i can use it properly as a tank 
since we also are getting the frost staff tanking, I guess. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know how it will be, but I'll try it Monday. So, yeah, I'm I'm happy about that. All right. And you bring up an interesting point, and I'm going to go to Nate here in a second to hear his uh, thoughts on this. But I also want to talk to him about um, – he had concerns about Cadence. But let's first stop and talk about – they did a, an article called Welcome to 2017, which I like. Um, I'm hoping for another road ahead that gives us a little bit more juicy details because they didn't really go into a lot on this. It didn't really feel like a road ahead, but I think this might be the road ahead they're talking about. The introduction of chapters, as they're calling this. Now, we call it an expansion because anyone who's played an MMO in the past knows it by what it is. And I'm sorry you said this as well. It is what it is. I think I see you fight on Twitter about it going, yeah, I'll call it what it is. And it's an expansion, not a chapter is just a funny word. Um, I'm not even sure we're the aversion to calling it an expansion. They funny. actually say it in here. It's because I, I know they they say it's you know the association with progress being reset essentially, but reset increasing level stuff. But with one Tamriel, like anyone can go anywhere, and they look at expansions as being for end game focused people, and they don't want that to be the stigma tied to it. But I mean, that's it's just verbiage at this point, right? Yeah. Like I don't see how it isn't what it is, but. We'll, we'll give them that. They have a verbiage they selected, and that is chapters. With the introduction of chapters, they're aiming to add one chapter a year going forward. Um, first one being Morrowind. And they're changing the way that we're getting the update cadence. Because once upon a time, they were saying we were going to get a one DLC a year. Or not one DLC. Four DLC a year. One a quarter. Um, because we'll... Um, and I'm going to quote this, a new cadence, new content, because we'll be regularly introducing chapters into ESO, we're going to make a small revision to our content delivery cadence starting this year. We will continue to ship quarterly updates to the game, each with base patch that has all the balanced quality of life and bug fixes that you come to expect. Additionally, we'll have a DLC in the first quarter of each year, a chapter in the second quarter, which is the early June, you know, summertime. Uh, a dungeon-based DLC in the third quarter, similar to Shadow, or Shadows of the Hist, and a DLC in the fourth quarter. Nate, hmm. let's hear some of your thoughts about the Marwind announcement and then rolling right into Cadence. I mean, my initial reaction was, um, was one of surprise, largely. Um, I think that essentially adding the whole of the the land area that was in Morrowind is exciting uh in its in its own right regardless of what it means for the rest of the game so you know we were i think we've got used to these kind of small you know fun expansions decent sizes but basically quite small things that you can do in a weekend quite easily um this you know this feels like there's enough content here to be a whole game in yeah. in its own right so that is that is amazing, and I was extremely happy to hear that. Um, what it means for the cadence, I mean, I suppose the reason I have concerns is because it makes me question how ESO Plus is going to move forward. You know, four times a year we have, you know, dungeons and we have uh, DLC and sort of everything's bundled, and the whole idea is that you pay your ESO Plus subscription and you get all these things periodically throughout the year. This changes when one of the well, the biggest thing that happens uh, through the year is is paid, is is additional. 
which means that you can go, you could go six months. Let's say you don't care about dungeons. You can go six months minimum, maybe nine months, with what for being ESO Plus, other than some gold, some experience, crafting bags, and what have you. Um, and it just makes me wonder what they can do with this um, to keep incentivizing ESO Plus for the people that have you know, done all the DLC that they've, that they've subscribed in order to do. So, and that's not a bad thing. Like, I don't actually think this is bad. I don't want this to sound like I'm being negative about this. I think it's very exciting, but it, there's a big question mark next to it. Um, so it was enormous. So I, I just threw something to the chat, by the way, on this note. Um, Gina actually went on the forums this week and said that they're looking to add new ways to add more, more benefits to ESO Plus membership uh, in addition to what the current offering is directly as a result of uh, that loss of a quarter, essentially. So I think that's one route that they're going. That's good, and and it's uh, you know, and I see and the. It's probably uh, why we saw things like crafting bags thrown in there to begin with. I think so, um, you know, and I think things like housing is is a key thing. You know, maybe you can you can really incentivize that kind of. Um, I'm going to say like non-action based content, but there's a there's a lot of stuff that people would love to do in Elder Scrolls that they don't do right now. You know, things like. You know, even spell crafting. You know, I, I, if that came out as like an ESO plus only thing, it wouldn't surprise me. Um, so there's a lot of stuff that they can do, but it's a big change. It's a big change for people who subscribe for a reason. Um, and I, I don't see the nature of um, of ESO plus going away. You know, I think the attraction is still there to have a paid tier. Um, I think the expansions are good. It allows them to release something really big that, that you know, helps support the game for, for coming years. Um, but they've got to do something. They've got to do something good, you know, which we don't know about yet. So that's a big question mark. But overall, um, yeah, I was, I was excited as, as hell. I think, it's, uh, I think it's exactly what the game needs right now. You know, go big or go home. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and I know when... Sorry, I'm going to pull you up here next to hear your thoughts as well. Um, but something that we talked about, I think we even had you on the, the Vardenfell show, if I remember correctly. I think you were on that show, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, when we were theorizing about this, when we saw Vardenfell, obviously during the interview they had, they said the, the Red Mountain is, is going to be blocked off. We can't get to it. Uh, Dagathur is still there. For those of you who don't play Morrowind. He was the main antagonist of the of the whole thing. Um, okay. So that's just a shot in the dark right there. But uh, he's still there, hiding behind uh, beneath the red mountain, just you know, chilling, having house party, you know, hanging out with all the uh, the, the the you know cliff racers. But um, that was blocked off. But even from what we saw on the map, we were talking about how are they going to split this up? Because we were thinking DLCs with how big it was i think we speculated like three dlcs or something like that that would be split up into asari you care to elaborate on on your uh, feelings about this as well as i'd like to hear your content cadence um thoughts that answers that (laughs) (laughs) Um, that was the you know we uh published the the data mining article on tf back in the day um you know, that was saying, look at all this crap in Vardenfell. How are they going to release this in one? Because they've said they're going to do this again after Orsinium, which, you know, everybody thought was really unfortunate since Orsinium is very, very, very highly regarded in the community, rightfully so. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I guess the answer was, you know, d- when we're going to do a big release like that, we'll do it as an expansion. And, you know, I'm pr- 
if this is what enables them to do that, I'm completely on board with that. Um, because the the little DLCs, like I I enjoyed Thieves Grilled, um, Dark Brotherhood felt a little bit too much like a rehash, but it was still fun. Mm. Uh, but th- they really didn't compare to Orsinium at all. So it's it's really good to have kind of a light on the horizon that is oh we're gonna do once a year just a big huge drop, um, and I think that's great. Um, yeah, I agree with you entirely of- on the on the feeling between Dark Brotherhood and Thieves Guild. Like the mechanics of those expansions were identical. And, you know, that's what made it feel like, you know, didn't I just do this? Um, so, and, but you're right, Orsinium was, you know, was kind of the, I would say the game changer, but it was kind of a, a real benchmark that they, they need to try and hit again. It was really the, I, I would say, kind of the pinnacle of, like, the Elder Scrolls experience within this game for me. It was the, even not, not even the vanilla game did I really have that, but when I was playing Orsinium, I was like, oh, uh, you know, I'm back in Skyrim. And well, they, they introduced maybe it's the a lot snow. Of- but uh, <laughs> maybe it's the snow. But I think there was a lot. I it's been a while. Since the I world bosses it. that weren't soluble. That weren't was something solo. that was yeah, new. Was yeah. They but I, I remember grouping. the zone design had you sort of. It was you were centrally located from the city, and you'd kind of zigzag a lot and retread. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think that was a g- great departure from sort of the linear routes that you took from all the vanilla zones. Yeah. And it just really roots you in there a lot more um it's funny i'm thinking about uh vanilla final fantasy 14 doing the same thing now i like that um and the thieves guild and the dark brotherhood also did that which is great um so but taking it back to a larger zone i think they have a lot of potential to just really nail that elder scrolls feeling uh in each expansion so really excited about that i um i understand concerns from people that are like oh our eso plus we're losing a we're losing a quarter and I don't know. I'm I, I I'm sympathetic to that. You know, my my, mm-hmm. res- my internal response isn't you're wrong because you're not. Yeah. Um, well, let me let me just jump in briefly uh, because to be better. honest, it's 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 not so much that that I feel that it's a problem that what is happening now is changing. It's more that like I totally get that that they're going to do something different. That you know, there's going to be something that we just don't know about yet that they're gonna work on that's that's gonna fill that void um and and that makes me excited because i actually don't want really just the kind of every three months it's a small you know fairly deja vu feeling little dlc that just expands on little parts of the map like i much prefer this kind of huge like this this would be a game in its own right level of content like i want that that's amazing and they obviously want to do that and financially it makes a lot of sense and it gives them something every six you know every year to go out and market which is brilliant for them uh, and for us so it's it's really it's it's not a negative concern that i have it's more of a kind of intrigue about what they're going to do for eso plus like we, for someone like me, you know, I've bought the game. Uh, I've been a subscriber since as long as you've been a subscriber for. I'm going to pay for this expansion. I'm going to call it an expansion. Let's call it what it is. It is an expansion. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pay for this. Like, they've had so much money from me. Um, <laughs> gladly. Don't begrudge it at all. I, I, I've counted how much money I've spent on subs, box sales, and crown crates. And not crown crates, but crowns. And, oh, and uh, oh. a little Freudian slip there. Yeah, and I, I know what you mean. I looked at that gun. Oh dear heaven! <laughs> yeah, 
Like, what could I have bought? You know, didn't I want a car? Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> but you know, the the point is, is that they're going to do something because they're not going to want that subscription money to go away. And they yeah. know that the kind of people who subscribe are the people that that want quality stuff every month, not just, you know, I mean, Homestead. Let's look at Homestead. Homestead is not really uh, benefited by having an ESO Plus account. Like, I know you can have double the objects in the house and things, but, like, the, the nature of having a piece of Tamriel to call your own, you've got that for no money per month at all, zero, completely that's included with your game. So that level of addition to the game is not what they're going to say people are going to pay for this. So what they come up with is going to be somewhere between the likes of Homestead that is cool stuff to do in the game that everyone who is already you know enjoying the game can use, massive paid-for DLC that's you know going to take dozens of hours. I mean, they say 30 hours of content, but for people like us, it's dozens and dozens, if not hundreds of hours, because we're going to do it more than once. We're going to do it with different builds. We're going to do it with friends the second time. Or I'm going to read every book. <laughs> every book, you know, all this sort of thing. So the level that the DLC is at at the moment, to me, doesn't feel like it's that middle point. It's, it's a little closer to, to the Homestead level of content. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I'm, I know I'm repeating myself and, time and time again here, but, but I'm excited about what we don't know more than what we do know. You make an amazing point because we talked about, again, Tales has been around for th- three years now. We've, we've talked about a lot of stuff. But when they started doing the DLC, remember how all of it – well, and sorry, you pointed out that uh, – um, Rothgar was the pinnacle of their DLC, right? But after they released Rothgar, they pretty much came on the forums and said, listen, we're never going to do anything as big as Rothgar again because Rothgar was... We were working on Rothgar when this was still a subscription-only game, right? Now we have to get this content update every three months. We don't have the time or staff in order to be able to do this every three months. So... I remember them saying that the Thieves Guild and the Dark Brotherhood would be more akin to what we would be getting in the future. This new update cadence throws that all out the water because they pretty much said, listen, guys, this is what we're going to do. We're going to do a big chapter, a.k.a. expansion, every year. All right? Every Q2 is a big one. So this is what we're going to put our teams working on. We are deliberately picking smaller size DLC, and we all even said when Shadows of the Hiss came out that this felt kind of like, really? This is a DLC to Dungeon? You know, that's it? We all even said that. Everyone said that. Like, this doesn't feel like a DLC. This feels like you pushed this out because you had nothing else. This should have been part of a DLC. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't... Well, I should, I'm, not, I'm not belittling the work that they do there. Those dungeons are fantastic, and they take a lot of work. But clearly, they're not as much work as making the dungeon plus the zone plus all the quests. I mean, it's much smaller. Imperial City had two dungeons and everything else. Yes. Like, I mean, that's the obvious comparison. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and those types of things, with them being able to do this, the smaller DLCs, we can look forward to a bigger Orsinium. Because I think they said Marwyn Varnfell is like, what, 20, 30% bigger than what Orsinium is? It, like... I didn't know they gave it a number, I, but I'm pretty they sure said I heard a number. It's far bigger. I, far I bigger. thought I heard a number, but it, I could have been pulling this out of the aether. So yeah, you know, take that. I thought with I heard thirty percent as well, or something like it, that. It's, it feels right, right? When you say it, it feels right. But regardless of the fact, we know it's going to be bigger. So this is something we can look forward to every year. That there's going to be this big 
content drop that includes other things. It's not just a big zone. A big zone's a big zone, which some people would run through faster than others. But it, like the thing, the thing with MMOs is expansions don't like a new dungeon stuff was not an expansion because I know people are like it's still a DLC. I'm like, well, no, a DLC, at least in MMO terms, like is what we would call a content patch when they release a new raid wing or a new battleground, something smaller. The expansions were when they released new systems, our new jobs, our new races. Now, given races in Tamriel, don't get me on that lore train. There will be no new races. Just, just to be dragon sad. race. Shut up. <laughs> um, dragons. But you know, a new classes because that's something that uh, people were talking about, like necromancer, for instance, as a an actual class. Spears. Spears as a weapon line. Yeah, like they and will. Magic, Skyrim. Skyrim. Yeah, spell sword. Yeah, um, those types of things we could see with these chapters that you won't yeah. see with DLC. So with them making this commitment, they're like, "Listen, guys, these other DLCs will be smaller, but just so you know, when the chapters come out, it will be." worth your time one thing one thing i have to question though is that the warden class was actually an original class like Mm -hmm. it's not new in as much as it was there it wasn't in the beta it was an alpha Alpha. okay and and this is a perfect little segue because we're gonna we're we're, we've all kind of hit this we're gonna talk right about the warden in that case let me skip back before we go into the okay um yeah i was gonna say one more thing besides just systems there's there is this part of me sort of hoping against hope that we'll see them make an effort with, you know, the major cash influx of an expansion drop for them to try to mitigate just sort of the general cash shop fuckery that uh, plagues this game. You know, this would be such a great opportunity for them to say, here's our new content, you know, let's let's throw a mountain here uh, that you can earn, you know. You know, get max rep with this new faction we're adding, or it'll be a 3% drop in our new dungeon. And, and just to have those types of things and then not put them in the cash shop later. Because the money's there. It'd be such a great time to include it. Um, will they do it? Uh, I don't know. I, I hope, hope they so. do. I hope yeah, they it's do. The, it's the time to do it. Yeah, absolutely. And and th- like you said, with the content drop like this, when it comes with a physical retail sale and not being able to buy it with crowns, right? Yeah, you can't buy any of this with crowns. And nope. I did look into this. They have said if you buy this as a brand new game, you won't get the DLC that has come out before yes. it. This isn't you'll need to still go into the cash shop or whatever and buy Brotherhood, Dot Brotherhood and Thieves Guild and everything as a separate purchase. So it's not like you buy this at retail and you get everything. They're yeah. still being considered separate things. Absolutely. And that I know um but the I'm kind of if or with that, but this is a, a I wouldn't want to say guaranteed, but anyone who's an Elder Scrolls fan is not going to go, I'm not buying an expansion because if the expansion does have things like new classes, big new, ra- zoo, new not new races, but new tracts of land, why wouldn't you want to go see it, right? These are things that they can guarantee even us subscribers who haven't bought DLC will have to buy these expansions. So there is a cash flux on top of even the, even the free-to-play, or not free-to-play, buy-to-play players who may not even care, like, if they only do one aspect of the game, they're still guaranteed, not guaranteed, but a very high percentage, they're going to buy the, the expansion. So yeah. I, I'm hoping, like you said, that that does weigh in. And I think it would be something that would be really neat that even if they don't change their cash shop mechanic or their 
whatever, that when a new expansion drops, there's enough content that they can at least weave in a few things. Yeah. You know we've what I said mean? When we're, we've said when we're talking about other games that, you know, what what, what you really need is balance. Is, yeah. Know, have, have some in the game, have some in the cash shop. And uh, ESO right now has zero balance. <laughs> it's all in the cash <laughs> shop. And this is a great opportunity to sort of put something on the other side of the scale. Right. And, I mean, that would do a lot of favor for them. Like, you know, I think we said that with you know, World of Warcraft and uh, some other ones where there is that balance of, not even they're actually World of Warcraft is the opposite balance where they have like nine million things in in the game and then fewer in the cash shop. But even if it was something closer to a fifty fifty split, you know, it would be nice, right? Just to yeah. see that, you know, hey, we added one mount to the game that you can get from this really hard thing or this drop. We added one to the cash shop. Enjoy. I don't even care if it's a different like it could be the same mount, just a different color variation. This is a cash shot one. This is your, your one you can earn in game, but at least it'd be something you could do in game. Yeah. As as a side note, one thing that I do think that they really could add to the cash shop is a fully upgraded mount, i.e. one that's got plus sixty on the three traits for storage and stamina and uh well, speed. Because a- every time I start a new a new character, which I've done once and I'm gonna do again with the warden, is it's like, man, I've got to upgrade this damn horse again like i can use the horses but they become suddenly slow on my other characters so i'd love that too and technically there are the riding uh skill things that you can buy in crown yeah but that sucks you can't buy you need to buy what six you need to buy six per one so you'd you'd need to buy 18 lessons to fully max out one character and if you if you're trying to create several characters then that's a lot that's just it's yeah, a lot it's of cash. Too much. It's too much. Um, yeah, and people in chat are even giving other rate, like single mold. I see in chats going, I'd even take a seventy-five to twenty-five ratio. Where you know, it, it's as of right now. I think with every DLC, they might add one cosmetic to the game, maybe two. But then they every month they add like fifteen items. So, yeah. and if you're looking at mounts and pets, it's one hundred and zero. I, well, I think Imperial yeah. City add two mount or two pets. Uh, there's the Stonefire Imp that you can get from the very low drop rate from the um, the Simulacrum in uh, in the sewers. Well, I mean, this is where you should use your crazy RNG is for cosmetic stuff. You I know, know, right? Go, go crazy on that. It's, uh, you know, I don't really want it for my monster, my monster sets, but they've gotten a lot better about that. Yeah, they have. They made it a lot better. All right. Warden. Ark, I'm going to let you talk because you've been very quiet this entire time, but the Warden is something that uh, speaks to you. Your yeah. spirit animal, which <laughs> happens to be a war bear, apparently. Talk to me. So, um, basically from what I've heard, there are, there are the three class lines. that um, One is for healing, one is for uh, defensive abilities, and the other one is the pet class line. So we will have pets my question my what i wonder is you know there are will there be different pets like you know that you can get a bear or if you if you're a tank you can get a bear next to you that can uh take the damage take the hits or if you want to dps you can i don't know maybe call wolves or is it just a bear as an ultimate or something so in that class the line? bear the bear is the ultimate i mm-hmm. know you can call cliff racers that's the thing. Mm. Yeah, I know you can summon cliff rapers on people, but I don't think they're an actual persistent summon. It sounded almost like they're an attack. Yeah, that's that's what I'm hearing as the animal companions attack. The bear, I think, is the only thing you're going to get. 
And there's actually a, a few sites that have data mined a few information. And I also want to hit on what Nate said about this is not a new class. It, it's oh, yeah. not. It was in the alpha. And I know I, we could say it now. Sorry, both of you and I were in alpha. Um, mm-hmm. I know there was NDA before, but this three years yeah, ago. I'm yeah. sure they're not going to slap us on the wrist. Were you um, in that first one where there were like 18 of us? Yes, I yeah, was. Okay. I, was in I, from I, th- like I thought you were. Very beginning. Oh, yeah, the ones where we weren't even allowed to say the tests were happening. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, it was, you know, there's some guy in a in you know a suit and has a gun to the back of my head going, you say a word about this, and it's over. <laughs> but um, the I know why they took the ward now. Uh, because originally it it felt just like the Sork. Like, exactly like the Sork. And actually, you see a lot of these spells in the game now. Uh, if you go fight yeah. any of the goblins, the shaman monsters mm-hmm. are all using the old alpha um, abilities for the for the shaman, or for the warden. Um, so you'll see it wasn't that much. Like they summoned like a little tiger or something. There, you know, they put down that weird little totem that would heal, and it, there wasn't enough of a change between the sorcerer and the warden that they made a choice going. They're so close. What does it matter? I wonder if we're going to see totems making a comeback with the warden. Actually, I I don't know. Based on the tra- again, based on the trailer, which doesn't really say a whole lot because yeah. some people go here or there with the trailer. But what we know about it, I think they've rehauled the class pretty heavily. Well, yeah, oh yeah, they've definitely. I hope so. Completely overhauled the class. <laughs> I, I, I yeah, I definitely feel like pretty much what we knew as a warden back in Alpha is nowhere near what the warden is now. I mean, they are. It's been three years since the launch, and they, as a team and as in everything, they improved so much. So I expect. I I don't know. I don't want to see the same things that I've been seeing in the game for the past three years, just as a player skills or something like that. I want to see something different. Yeah, it's been three years, and for three years, we have been seeing the same skills. I mean, yeah, with the DLCs, there were new uh, enemy animations and attacks, but as for players, I want to see something different. And and no, I agree with you, and this is the nice thing we talked about earlier with chapters. What did we get with all DLCs? We got passive lines. Mm -hmm. Did that not hurt anyone else? I went like, oh, really? Yeah, I didn't like the passive idea. The the passive largely non-combat related passive lines. Well, yeah. here's the idea behind it, and this is what they can do. The reason why they added the passives, and I understand the reasoning, they didn't want anyone to be at a disadvantage if they did not buy the DLC. But because the chapter is a retail sale, they can do stuff and add things in like this, like they are with the Warden. You're not going to be able to play the Warden if you do not buy the ex- the expansion. Like well, I, I have a theory about this, which we can come back to in a bit. Oh, no, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, my theory is twofold. So the first theory is we know that there is a track record of stuff starting out as, you know, something only, but ultimately you can buy it in the Crown Store. And I just don't think that long term this is going to be the like the literally the only way to get the warden class is to buy it in this store. Like it'll become an upgrade. It'll become there'll be another way to get it. Um, and Nate, yeah, I don't want to interrupt here, but I want you to keep going with this. I have to go help my wife with uh, our son. So keep no, well, talking, that's fine. warden. 
Let me carry on talking mm-hmm. warden. Yeah. And the other thing, and you, you guys can you can you guys can push back a little bit on this if if you want. The other thing is that you know we've seen a change towards um, the idea of having race changes and name changes, mm-hmm. and you know a bunch of other kind of you know I don't want to say it's quality of life, but it is an ability to really fundamentally undo the decisions you made at the start of the game. Now it stands to reason that you know. Why wouldn't you be able to pay to maybe morph your character into the warden class? You know, for a modest crown store fee, of course. They, um, they keep saying they're not going to do that, and I don't know why. Because it it makes sense, and you know, nothing how is many, permanent. How many shared skill? skill oh, God damn, I can't talk. With how many shared <laughs> skill lines there are out there, and things like mount leveling, which you've mentioned, they're so yeah. annoying. Um, I personally think they should give us a multi-classing mechanic where we could just level up each class independently and then switch between them once they're all unlocked uh, on one character. But I think uh, a paid crown store switch is more Zoss's style. Yeah, Yeah. at the moment it is. I mean, it's still, it's good to not be able to just do it all the time. Like, to be able to just constantly switch between classes all the time, it'll be incredibly frustrating and annoying. It would break the balance of the game because you just have people switching between whichever was the, you know, the current best meta for everything. And it would just, it would be, it would be really damaging. I know that, I know that is a concern a lot of people have. I'm not, I'm not sure I think it's as big of a deal as a lot of people do though. I, I think the only people that are going to do that are sort of like the hardest of the hardcore. And at that point, those people already have the alts anyway, usually. Mm, It's true. Um, but it, it just overall, it, it still feels like even if it's something that isn't going to happen at launch, it isn't going to happen for many, many months. Um, historically, we've seen them favoring the idea of having something that is limited to you know either ESO Plus or to um, to the DLC. But ultimately, it, it ends up in the store, um, and it would be you know these things are going to be available at retail only, and, and when things are at retail. Um, over time, they become less visible at retail. You know, if you're buying them in the stores, then store shelves get dry of, st- of, of copies because they need to store something else. And digital stores need to promote other things. So there's less visibility on, on things that are on sale. So they need another way to be able to say to people, hey, there's this stuff that exists in the game and here's how you can get it. Um, so I think that's why ultimately long term, you'll probably still be able to get the warden class. But I mean, they... I I can see that as one of the new um, ESO Plus bonuses. You know, at, so- at some point, if um, they can introduce some parts of the chapters as ESO Plus bonuses, so you can't access the entire expansion, but if you have ESO Plus, you can access some systems of it, like Warden Class, perhaps. And yeah. at the, if it's uh, an ESO Plus bonus, at the same time, they can introduce it as a Crown Store sale as well, so, as you said. Yeah, I think that I think that could definitely work. Um, I think it would be odd if one of the big perks to the game was, you know, hey, you've got class changes whenever you want, and you can do all this stuff because, you know, again, that to me just feels like it would be. It's not pay to win, but it's sort of pay to just fundamentally change the game's status quo, which, you know, again, doesn't feel quite the star right now. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't like the idea of being able to constantly change the class. Mm. Even though I played only Dragon Knight because I hated the idea of leveling another character, I still See? wouldn't like to... Still, I, I mean, I, I would be upset that if I could change my class all the time. I don't know why, it, it just doesn't feel right. 
I don't know. I mean, that's how Elder Scrolls games usually work. <laughs> I, Except that they have changed I, it yeah. recently. They've changed I, I'm it. I'm a so little hung up pay. on this game having classes at all. <laughs> I'm still not over that years later. Uh, I kind of agree with the sorry. I kind of wish like the skill lines, like even class lines would have been more just like skill lines so you could pick and choose. Or even if if that happened, like even if it was a pay thing, like you could just pick to choose to a different class. That's more mm. or less what we're talking about. Yeah, is uh, uh, Nate mentioned a uh, like a paid class change, and I basically said I prefer uh, Final Fantasy fourteen style multi class where you can just switch which one's active. Yeah, no, that's them up separately. That is a very cool system of that game, and and, and that's why I, like I really wish they would have just. I mean. I feel like you shouldn't be able to mix because of how they have the dynamic. Maybe not be able yeah, to mix, you can't and, mix match, and match skill lines. Yeah. But you should be able to add a whim, I feel like, or at least even if it's a gold cost, like when you go to respec your traits, you could go and respec your class and learn the different three skill lines. You know? It would have to learn you know, have to level them up. Well, yeah, I mean it'd be it would, it would be like anything else that you would get. But like you could go in and be like, I'm gonna pay hundred thousand gold to switch my class and it would give you those three and i mean it would save your progress you could switch back and forth but you could for that amount of gold at a shrine relearn your profession well they wouldn't be able to sell the extra character slots then so that's no of course they would because of skill points because if you're putting skill points around people make other characters for various different things i make them for crafting because of crafting bags and and crafting writs and um, some people don't like to put that amount of time in a character they like that that change that altaholicism of I'm a Khajiit Nightblade and I don't want to be Khajiit Nightblade I want to be a Nord Templar you know whatever you want to be some people like that like I don't I don't think that the people being able to change your class would not deter the people who are going to create alts because the people who are going to create alts are going to create alts regardless of the fact people create alts in final fantasy 14 where you can literally do every class on one character they still make second characters which mm. I baffled my mind why you would do that but people do that <laughs> i've wondered when thinking about this before now is how much of this they may have done if pvp hadn't been considered end game when the game was being developed because some of these like frequent this frequent ability to change classes and just reassign skills and things um it feels like it would be really damaging to the pvp experience currently if that wasn't an issue then i'd be a lot more for it but you see a lot of this in in pvp which you know as you know you guys know i spend a lot of time doing and i'm doing right now as we talk um yeah, but a lot of the serious PvPers have one of every class anyway because they play whatever is the flavor of the month. That's what I said earlier, is that the only yeah. people that are going to go through the effort to play what's flavor of the month are the hardcore that are already just doing it with alts. Yeah. Mm. yeah I, mean, I, guess, I guess you're right, yeah. And, and some people would be like, I'd rather just make a second character to play this class because I don't want to farm up 100,000 gold because apparently that's a lot of money in this game. Going back to my previous rants about cash, um, I love that. I loved that conversation. Actually, Elder Scrolls off the record tweeted off. I guess Mike just hit five million gold in, in his thing, and uh, I said, "Wow!" And people gave me a hard time when I said four million. You know, and, you know look at him. How much is considered a lot of gold these days? 
Oh, depends man. on who you ask. I think the average goal the the average player has about four to five million, but apparently I'm way off base. It's so <laughs> way off. I mean, I know my my brother who is a real casual casual player. He plays a lot. We play together often. Um, but he is like you know he doesn't. I could probably ask him like how much gold do you have, and he probably doesn't know what he's got. Um, but we were doing some trading the other day of some items because again he doesn't really care what he he earns in dungeons. He just gives me whatever I say I could do with. And he's got about 150,000 gold, and he's been playing the game for two years, never really spent loads, never really tried to keep it. That's just kind of what he's got left over, 150,000. Uh, Obi in chat, Lord Obi himself, pretty much says that I am way off, and he's had a, he has a million gold, and it took him forever to get that. I, don't, I have 900k, and I like never play the game. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it all depends on... Like I said, we talked about this earlier. If you're an MMO player... You kind of know how MMO economies work. But in like three days, I'm going to have none. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) I'm going to be like all the other dregs and have absolutely nothing here in Monday. Do you want to know a really interesting thought that I had when when you were having that initial conversation of two or three weeks ago was I don't know what the average person has in terms of AP from Cyrodiil. For people who maybe play it a little bit, but it's not their hardcore thing, like I have millions because I I play it. Yeah, I mean, to but me, I've very no idea what what the average is is for that. Like, like I've just got so much AP to spend. I, I just spend it wildly on whatever I want. And then we know Zoss has these metrics. Like, is that's probably what they based all these prices off? Because that's what that's what they did in Final Fantasy fourteen when they released housing. Because people were like, we're going to release housing, blah blah blah. And they're like, the prices are going to change based on the server. The legacy servers, the houses were way more expensive, and people were kind of like, what you know, how much is it going to be? And a lot of people were blown out of their minds when they released the prices because it was something like 500 million gil or something like that which was in that game that's, that's a lot of money but when they sat back and thought about it and and they're like listen this is kind of the average like based on all the players on this server this is the average this is the medium income of of all you play- players because we have a couple people who've been playing for years who have billions and billions you know, like of Gil in Final uh, Fantasy, yeah, of Gil, like just insane amounts of of money, and that's um, we. A lot of us have a mutual friend here, um, and sounds I, like they need, need some communism. <laughs> Socialist <laughs> bastard. Share um, the love, man. Share the love. No, no, I'm, I'm I'm capitalist all the way. That's why I have my money, and I'm like, yeah, rock it. Uh, <laughs> but this guy has like twenty million, like mm. or probably higher now. Um, but he's mentioned 20 million and I was like, wow, really? You know, that, that, that's the upper echelon type stuff. And he told us what he did. He was pretty much all crafting writs. You know, he sold golds. Uh, he's been, yeah, doing if, free- if you're doing that kind of capitalist approach, uh, with, with guild stores and stuff, that makes sense. Um, but there's also the fact that, you know, most of the conversations that I've been either been listening to or have been a part of with these really expensive manners, you know, manners, it's been for guilds, you know. It's guilds chipping in money um, to afford the the house that their members want. Like that's they're the people that are buying those those big expensive and, houses. I mean, that's that is an option. Like it because here's the thing with these guild these houses and stuff, you'll be able to teleport to them no matter where you're at. So and it's a it's a great gold thing too. I yeah, mean, I mean, that's, that's definitely probably the something big to spend. benefit of it. 
And I think that's why a lot the bougies of out of you can trick the bougies out of their gold and into a gulag of their own creation. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's that's kind of like what we talked about earlier with this is the the economy of ESO because they haven't increased gear caps in a while and when new gear comes out like my best in slot for my build is still the crafted stuff I had from the original 160 boost. I haven't changed gear in 9 months to a year. Like yeah, not one piece. Yeah. Um, and th- therefore, I'm not spending any money on tempers. You know, I make all my own potions. So the money just, I keep getting it, right? Mm. Um, and I don't have anything really to spend it on. Housing is a huge money sink. But we're not here to talk about housing. And I know we were talking mm. about skill lines and kind of ran off track here. <laughs> uh, finishing thoughts on Warden before we move on to Battlegrounds. Bear, War Bear is the most interesting addition to me because it, there's nothing like the War Bear in the game right now, really. Is that that kind of really extremely practical, omni, you know, omnipotent being? Uh, that's not like what some of the um, the sorks have or anything. Um, that's that's a whole new a whole new type of thing. And I think that if if that works, we're going to see more things like that. These perpetual. I hope it works like that, but I fear that it'll just end up being the clan feared. But just boosted up. That's what I was say. Pet ultimate. Yeah. I will. I will believe that when I see it. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Do I'm I keeping my fingers crossed. I mean, is it? Is it? I want it. I want that, it to be good. Is it possible that when you pop the bear, you know, when you turn into a werewolf, you get a different skill line? So when you drop the bear, you get well. The bear's always skills up, for the bear. The bear is always up. Summon. Oh, it's always up. And there's so, actually yeah. a morph that will yeah, allow it to auto resurrect exactly. itself. Like, yeah, exactly. I feel yeah. like the bear, if you're going that bear line, unlike the clan fear, let's, you know, that's the sort, because people are like uh, Broden, who never plays this game and really doesn't know about it, was mentioning on uh, the Dungeon Crawlers or other uh, MMORPG podcasts that, you know, ESO is finally adding a, a pet class. And we're like, well, technically they already had one with the sork but the sork pets were kind of if they died oh it it wasn't like world of warcraft's hunter where if the pet died you lost a significant amount of of dps from your pet or whatever utility your pet gave mm-hmm. i'm thinking the war bear is going to be a big part if you're specced into the anim, animal companion line where if that pet dies you've lost at least half of your efficiency so i feel like it's your pet, ultimate it's got to bring a lot to the table yeah mm-hmm. I honestly feel like pet wardens or bear wardens aren't considered full assets. They're half assets. Without their bear, you're only half as effective. So I got another point of uh, discussion for you. Are you going to have to have your bears both ultimates? Probably. Probably. I mean, so it better bring a lot to the table. (laughs) Yeah, if that's the case, like if it has to be on both bars in order for it not to de-summon... I don't think it will, but I reckon if, as soon as you activate the second ultimate, it goes away. No. So you won't, yeah, that might be the case. You yeah. won't have them simultaneously. You'll you'll have the option to to um, you know to keep it, but as soon as you change ultimates, then you're going to lose the bear. The bear will just sort of vanish into the darkness, like you know other other pets and things can do. What, what um, I'm curious about is, will we have any control over the bear? Like, if you are if you are fighting a let's say uh, three person boss, one of those you know three character bosses, will will I be able to direct the bear to a specific one? 
during okay. an execute process. I highly doubt it, and mm -hmm. only because of the control scheme of ESL. Mm -hmm. uh, in other games, you had that. World of Warcraft had a hunter bar where when you summoned a pet, it had its own taskbar. But because it was a PC-only game and had you know you could have as many skills as you wanted on your bars, you were able to do that kind of thing. Final hey, Fantasy you know, does have that as well, but they got really clever with their uh, console control schemes. I would be curious. I, I would be surprised. Like You did bring that up. Final Fantasy does have it, and I'm curious. I, if... I still have no expectation that it's going to show up here. But... No. Do, you, even... do, you know what was, do you know what was great? I mean, this is, this is not normally form, this doesn't normally form part of our conversation, but f not MMO, but Final Fantasy X, the regular offline Final Fantasy X game, it did something really interesting with the summons in that game, which is that you would summon it and then you would have a whole set of skills and activities and things you can do basically just turn into beast mode and just annihilate enemies, but controlling in turn-based combat as you would your regular character. Hmm. This giant uh, Aeon, they were, they were called, and they had, they had their own... Um, not ultimates, limit breaks, I think they were yes, called. Yes, I remember. And they had all this stuff, and, and it would die, and then you would go back to being you. And you'd use them a lot of the time as kind of like a little bit of a shield. Like if you were about to die, you'd just set it out and you would <laughs> And it would do eat that. the attack. Yeah. It, would, it, would take, it, would, it would take the ultimate from the enemy, and then it would die, and you'd go back and you'd save the battle. Um, I don't think for a second that's how this bear is going to work, but it was a great system. Yeah. Um, and I would support that if it was a way that they were thinking about making it work. I mean, one one way they could do it is that adding a normal skill in the you know animal pet skill line that if your bear is not active works as something. I don't know. Maybe it creates a damage shield. I don't know. It does something entirely different if the bear is not active. But if the bear is active, it uh, switches off to some. Uh, command skill for the bear. You know there are skills that um, switch ba switch based on whether <laughs> what you are doing in Elder Scrolls Online, as far as I can remember. So it could still cover that um, slot in your skill bar, but switch back and forth between a bear command and being something else if the bear is not active. Yeah, but then they would have to limit, like you said, like with Werewolf when it switches your bar, you would have to. It'd almost be like when you, you know, that actually might work. Um, but I don't know. Like if, if when your bear is summoned, you lose, you get a bear bar. So therefore you lose, like if you had like wrecking blow on your bar, you lose that. And now you just get something else. I don't no, know. Not bad. Not bar, the entire that. bar, but just one skill that changes. Oh yeah. Like, li like limits, like the fifth slot on your bar will always be something. Yeah. Mm, mm. Um, all right, we're going to move on from Warden because we don't we don't want to stay on this for too long. But before we go, I do want to mention this one thing. Gina, uh, the lovely, lovely Gina, came to the forums, and she let us know that with Morrowind, they are going they are they plan to add an, a, the option to purchase two additional character slots from the Crown Store when they release Morrowind. Because I know that was a question I had. Because I already filled all twelve slots uh, for characters, and they're all sixty, sixty, sixty on mount speed. Because I spend money, um, so I'm like, and maxed out bag space and everything. So I really didn't like. Oh, great! Now I gotta find two to delete or one to delete. No, they're adding two more slots. I'm not really sure why they're not adding three, because then at least it would be symmetrical, where then you could have one. Yeah, class that really bothers every... me. 
Yeah, because right now with all 12, you can literally have one of every class in each alliance. So you can have Dragon Knight, Templar, Sorcerer, Nightblade in each alliance. It works out. So when they add Warden, I feel like they should add three, not two. That way you can have one Warden in every alliance if that's something you want to do. Regardless, we're at least getting two slots. So for people who already have maxed out character slots, uh, you don't have to worry about um, having to lead a character. So that is the Warden. We are moving on to Battlegrounds. And before we really talk about these, these have been a hot topic for a while. At least every time that (laughs) you watch DSL Live, that's all the chat would say is when are Battlegrounds coming? Well, now they are finally coming. Um, And I'm going to read this verbatim from the Welcome to 2017 Battlegrounds in Cyrodiil. We are very excited to offer this new PvP possibilities with the introduction of 4v4v4 small-scale Battlegrounds in Morrowind. Um, However, just because we are introducing Battlegrounds with Morrowind does not mean we are walking away from Cyrodiil. We consider open-world PvP to be separate from small-scale PvP, and we do want to be sure that we offer and fully support both. All right. Um, then they go on to talk about Cyrodiil performance, which is a never on growing thing. Battlegrounds. And here's the line that really gets me. They consider them to be separate. Alliance point gain. Do you think we'll get it in battle or in battlegrounds no. or not? No. no, 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 absolutely not. Because it's not about the alliances anymore. So it would be stupid to do that. Even just from a pure branding or law perspective, it would be daft to do that. No. Yeah. On the other hand, what would they offer as a reward beside that? Yeah, we yeah make now we need currency, new currency with new rewards because the could, rewards I mean, are kind I of lacking see... for our current PvP mode. Yeah, I could see them using uh, Telvar stones and extending that. Telvar um, stones, maybe because Telvar stones are gathered through PvP in the Imperial City, mm-hmm. um, and true. there's there's no sort of law based reason yeah, why there they're is. only gathered there. Yeah, there is actually. Well, there how is. dare you, Nate? What is it? Telvar stones is the danger. That's where the dragons left them. (laughs) (laughs) Telvar stones are little chips of the white gold tower that the danger have been clearing off because there's power to them. Ah, Gap in knowledge filled. Okay, interesting. (laughs) That's why they hoard them because apparently with... All right, we're we're going to jump into Tower yeah, Lore here with this being the the next. I've not done the White Gold Tower story, okay? If you follow loss. the White Gold Tower, they do explain it away with lore what Telvar stones are. They're uh, little chips off of the White Gold Tower that still have the magical residue of it being a focal point or one of the the, the zero sum towers or whatever you want to call them, uh, the founding points of Mundus. And, uh, yeah, that's why you're collecting them. And you turn them into these people because they're like, hey, we're going to restore the tower when all the danger are cleared out. So all those little, you know, all those little divots, like in a golf course in the side of the tower, we're just going to, like, get some, like, plaster and plaster them back up there. But, yeah, the Telvar stones are actually little chips off of the white gold tower itself, and that's what they are. Okay, well, that at least explains why I didn't know that. Um, so thanks for filling in that gap in my knowledge. Um but anyway, you're supposed the, the, to be my lore brother, and I'm so sad you didn't know that. Yeah, well, I, I, look, I, I've, I've got to fall down at some point. I know. You know, you're I only, can't know you're all the humans. things. Gotcha. <laughs> um, so actually, I mean, I suppose with that, with that knowledge now uh, granted upon me, maybe Telvar isn't the right currency for PvP battlegrounds after all. Um, but I, they can't bring in a, a. I mean, how many currencies we've we got? We've got AP, gold, crowns. 
uh, Telvar stones. Am I missing one? I mean, that's four right there. They can't craft. Honestly, a... that's not even all that much, though, comparatively. There's the new crafting one as well. Oh, the master writs, the writ vouchers, writ vouchers, writ vouchers. They're not currency, I suppose. They're tradable commodities. Well, but that's not... all Telvar stones are. Well, I suppose that's all money is, isn't it? But... I mean, yeah, that's all money is. It's uh, something that we affixed a value to that you can trade for goods and services. Hmm. Mm. Don't know. Come back to me on that one. I don't. I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, a fifth. A fifth actual monetary currency. All right. Sorry. How many currencies were in World of Warcraft? How many? At least three are in Guild Wars Two. They had to add what was called the Guild Wars 2 wallet to hold all the various currencies. Yeah, but that was a disaster. Oh, it God. was. But you like you, you're mentioning five currencies. Honestly, in my mind, again, I'm an MMO player. Five currencies is nothing to me. I'm like, so I, I could whatever. I could like I don't think our, our number of currencies is out of control at this point, but I do think having three separate PvP currencies would be extremely silly. Mm. Yeah, mm. but you really can't use alliance points because well, and plus those are useless anyway. But I mean, you could do. I I wouldn't do Telvar stones just because they have they have the whole drop on death mechanic in the Imperial City. Yeah. Having them available sans risk elsewhere would be. And kind plus, of useless. these battlegrounds are happening in the Ashlands. So how did these Telvar stones get all the way over there? Sorry, oh, that's, yeah. dropping that's, my lore that's, knowledge. That's just a flavor text issue. Our Imperial benefactors are putting, you know, whatever. Someone you know, dropped put, the crate up. Putting on the arenas. It's it's fine. It's you, you can work with that. Um, I don't know. I, honestly, if I were them, I'd be tempted. Like, AP is almost vestigial at this point. Uh, I'd be tempted to re- rework AP into something more universal. Alliance points, I could see that if alliance points only did, but right now they would have to rework how Emperor is passed. But then you'd have the problem of people with, like, a billion alliance points. Yeah. I mean, like, and the Emperor thing, you're right, those can't really go anywhere. Yeah, because right yeah. now, alliance point gain per week or per campaign season is what, what determines if, your emperor. What if in, what if there's no new currency at all and instead we get all of our gear from lockboxes like Swotor? Hmm? Get off yeah. my show. <laughs> He's I'm just trolling at this point. <laughs> Which yeah. actually, no, I quite like that. I quite I like that. And it's, yeah. and it's not a, a huge departure from how they already do stuff. So I could see them just not having a currency for Yeah, And you you have that similar mechanic already oh, at uh, at Dark Anchors. Mm-hmm. Um you get you get you know boxes at the end. I mean, if you if you win the match, you get a chest, and yeah. if if you didn't, you get nothing. Trying that that could work. Stab myself in the face. Um, did they explain in the lore behind how this four v four v four will work? No, no. I mean, a, then they can simply make an arena, I'm, and well, the winner team gets rewards of this chest, yeah. and whatever in it is completely based on your RNG. So I will get nothing, and everything will go to Ag. That's yeah. true, even if I lose. Um, no, <laughs> it's not. There's, this does not tie into faction at all. It's purely an arena. 4v4 could be all Ebonheart. I'm, I'm having a feeling they're going to tie it in with lore because Elder Scrolls is lore, but it could be anything. It could honestly be why did you fight in the Imperial City Arena for, you know, golden glory, right? Like, it doesn't matter why you're but doing it. The adoring it. fan. The adoring fan. <laughs> yeah, that's it. The winner gets an adoring fan. Follow them around. Um, no, that doesn't... I don't know. I feel like currency is something... I like currency because... Sorry, you already wrote an article about how the the uh, the loot system in this game is not conducive to... Um, 
long-term <laughs> long-term gameplay but i don't think i actually wrote an article on this so much as i touched on it briefly while whining about monetization but yeah but i think it was also the there's point a, yeah, where there's an over-reliance on rng rather than trackable rewards right so why would you want to extend on rng by making it a box that you open up like you do now and go did i get the piece i want hey i didn't say it was a good idea i said it's what they probably <laughs> do <laughs> that's true ouch it's an idea it is an idea um, consistent with the current design philosophy they did say there's going to be some various game types with this so i mean team deathmatch capture the flag kind of standard stuff and they do plan on adding more as you go Team deathmatch to be honest is not standard i i think that's pretty cool yeah actually you know you're right a lot of people stick with the capture the flag or king of the hill tends to be the big even that mm. one's kind of an outlier well i think it's because capture the flag actually uh, adds the element of both attack and defense Whereas Captain well, Flag is my favorite. I, yeah. I'm always so annoyed when I'm playing games and they don't have like a Warsong Gulch esque PvP. But if I have to do sort it, of, they sort of have that. Capture the Flag. Yeah, they sort of have that in Cyrodiil already because the scrolls themselves are essentially that that is the capture the flag mechanic to a certain extent, yeah. both in de- in terms of defense and offense. Um, you know, there's there are half a dozen or more scrolls, probably just under a dozen that you can um, that you can go and try and get i mean it's essentially meant to be kind of the whole point of cyrodiil is you're trying to get all the elder scrolls and keep them in your own keeps so that mechanic exists but it's on such a vast scale that it never feels like a traditional capture the flag mechanic so and i i see uh sakasa in chat um uh, i don't think he's referring to he was saying about i heard that the factions of marwin fighting in the four v four, but i'm not sure about it um i don't think he's referring to the factions of the Ebonheart Daggerfall. I think he might be referring to various Ashlander tribes fighting it out. Oh, that might be more the case. Like there could be a faction of oh you're on, you're on this faction's team of whatever. Like, but yeah, they, the actual PvP Maybe. for open world will not tie into battlegrounds at all. So it's pretty much the first twelve people to get signed up get thrown in. They could all be Ebonheart packed, and it doesn't matter. They get assigned a color. And that's what they're fighting. Not necessarily color. And maybe they won't be from the same faction. Yeah. I think they're really stepping away from faction boundaries. I think they did actually say that in in either one of the streams or or in a and a on the forum that it was regardless of of faction, you join a queue and you're, you're dumped into a queue and, you know, faction and race and level are sort of moot. That's kind of. I mean, it would make their queuing system so much more smooth and. It, oh fast. yeah, it will. It doesn't. Yeah, it does. Otherwise, not. Dungeon, DC dungeon would be the only now. people who ever had it pop. Pop, you know. Yeah, pretty much. What server do you play on? Because there's so few of them. It's oh, <laughs> oh, you're right. Because everyone else is waiting yeah. to queue. I got you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I got it. All right, makes sense. Uh, yeah, they actually did it on the official stream where they talked about that faction won't matter for this. This mm-hmm. is just a. You go in there, you do it with your friends. They did mention a leaderboard, so there will be those kind of leaderboards. I'm curious if they're going to separate these out, right? Like, yeah, I just swallowed cat hair. Um, similar to how Vet DSA and non-Vet DSA, only leaderboards from Vet DSA actually count for leaderboards. Are they going to structure it so there's the random group where you just get your currency and your gear and just for the fun and the laws of it, and it's a random group. And then they have pre-maids, which are the only way to get um, rating, which is like what WoW did. WoW I'd like, eventually had... I'd like to see teams, yeah. Set yeah, teams and like full-on leaderboard. 
I actually think they need to do that because you can't have a random queue. You have you have four people who know PvP and queue in together. They're gonna wreck pugs. They're just. I they think wreck. they've got enough people. They could go full on esports with the uh, brackets as well. They Although, could. Might not be a good idea. Oh. I, I I just like the moniker of esports only <laughs> yeah, because yeah. every game who think... says we're going for esports, you can't say that. It's not you that determines whether or not it's there. You can give players the tools, well, but and it's just, the players that decide. MMOs are really bad for esports, and this game would be like exceptionally bad within the MMO genre yeah. for esports, just because of how many different sets there are. I mean, just the, the the level of impact that build has on your gameplay, also known as imbalance, uh, would be a disaster. <laughs> Yeah. It's only Great imbalance. Movie, but, oh my god, it'd be horrible. And, it's yeah. only imbalance yeah. if the other people can't Serious get it too. <laughs> That's why you have meta sets where everyone's the exact same build because it's the one that works. Speaking of metas, what do we think the battleground meta is going to be for your four man group? I was talking about Warden, this Warden, 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 Warden. Yeah, Warden, Warden. yeah. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. As as will be the case in Citadel too, I think. Tank for and a healer while. with guard, two stamina burst. That's what I saw floating around earlier. Four night blade with uh with aim, all targeting the same target at the same time. Destroyed. <laughs> I don't know. That's a joke, but regardless, <laughs> I don't know. I I don't see a lot of well again. I'm not a big PvP or and Nate will probably have a better option of this. Healer, obviously. Um, I'm honestly thinking some sort of uh, Sork for the Daedric Curse, the traps for CC, and then DDs. That's that's what I'm thinking. Healer, Sork, for that's uh, a CC Sork. Or even a Dragonite that does CC, because you need that CC. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then pure deeps so you'll have one support dps one or one one cc dps whose only real thing is let's stun these guys the best we can lock them down two pure D- dps and then a healer what do you think about the impact of uh like one vx builds that are capable of going up against a great number of disorganized players right now you know very survival heavy builds that just take years to kill um, but don't do so much damage on their own usually. I, I think that one of the things will uh, be maintained is that these battles aren't going to start unless it's 4v4v4. So I don't think you're going to get any cases of one person being able to go in and do it. Or do you mean more like if one well, of those mean, sorts of people are in the group, then everyone else is screwed? Sort of. I just, I just mean I could see that type of thing. A Galaxy Nerd just said it in the chat, getting fought to almost a stalemate where it just goes forever well these things are going to be time limited too they did say that these are meant to be quick get in get out like 15 minute type thing i imagine there's gonna be a time limit where there's gonna be some arbitrary more annoying than if you'd have people that just don't die not necessarily because if they're not earning whatever the points are supposed to be it's gonna be whoever earned the most points at that time it's similar Mm to how um you're running out of time in warsong gulch uh, who? It, it's determined who touched the flag the most. Who had the most? There were other things determined who won. Even if it's a zero-zero capture game, there are other ways you could determine who won based on player performance. So it doesn't make it fun gameplay. Yeah, I mean, if this person never dies, it's fun. But if he never gets any kills, and you're killing his other teammates, then you've accomplished more, or whatever the case may be. Like. 
even if it's like uh, King of the Hill, you're holding the base longer because he can't kill you because he just never dies. And as long as your team is somewhat grouped up and able to hold those points on his own, then what does it matter? I don't know. Well, I, a lot I, of that four v x. It's fun. Fun is fun is what matters. Is you know if we have a meta where it's basically a bunch of people that are almost unkillable rolling around. Even you know even it's not just one person ruining it for everybody. Let's say everybody's running that build. Nobody's dying the whole time. Uh, that's that's not fun. Gallusner actually made a great point because this used to be an issue in WoW arenas. Uh, WoW arenas add stacking healing debuff the longer the game goes on. That eventually your heals no longer work. Like that, that's game, certainly putting into it. If, I yeah. mean, if, if it becomes a problem, that's a route they could go down. If like I mean, no, yeah, like every die. five minutes, everyone gets a stacking debuff of twenty five percent. You know, uh, healing reduction. That after so in a balanced minutes, game, that would be really annoying. Well, maybe. Well, I mean, there are dynamic ways to calculate that. I suppose where you know, oh, you know, this game's been going for seven minutes and nobody's died yet. Yeah, let's cut everyone's healing in half. I mean, yeah, there's definitely, I've, I almost feel like there's ways that you can add to if someone hasn't been engaged in combat or whatever the case may be, no one's died. Uh, I know another thing that WoW does it too where you get a stacking damage increase, meaning that you take mm. more damage the longer you go without engaging in combat or having killed somebody or like if there's been no deaths, every so many minutes the damage you deal to other players gets higher and higher and higher to where you know a more, a more common one i'm thinking of now that's kind of in that vein is uh a damage taken uh debuff i guess i'd say where you take more damage uh, right if you're the person interacting with the objectives yeah you just said same with capture the flag the carrier will yes, have a stacking exactly. vulnerability the the longer he's been turtling or holding yeah. the flag and not capturing and capture it. the flag that would certainly fix the problem <laughs> yeah it would because eventually it stacks so high that if someone looks at you you die you know but yeah i guess i guess i just have sort of a concern that maybe the types of builds we've seen in this game don't necessarily lend themselves to uh excellent small scale balanced pvp i think you're gonna see and gallisner's a great thing he's one of our uh one of our officers in the in the guild he does a lot of pvp on nights i think you're gonna see a lot more p- builds that are not so focused on cyrodiil but those builds that are designed for imperial city those i think are gonna mm-hmm. pop in more um, because you're not seeing those 1vx builds as often mm-hmm. in in imperial city as you are you know the quick snipe get away kind of builds like those builds are a lot different because they are designed with small skill in mind sometimes you run into a zerg but nowadays not as often so that's a fair point yeah um so i i'm thinking we'll see some metas but obviously the big meta with small skill is being able to lock down your opponent so i think we're going to see a lot more cc builds a lot more uh, and healing I, debuff I, I, builds I can already see four sorcerers just bolting around in the most annoying way possible. <laughs> With that that's... set that leaves the, the slowing trap behind you every time you dodge roll, that's pretty essential to being annoying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and something we actually forgot to mention, and it was my fault, we should have mentioned it earlier. Uh, when we were talking about gearing, um, they did clarify that they are not raising the gear cap with nice. Morrowind, and they're not launching, changing it with Homestead. They will announce when they raise a gear cap. Right now, it's capped at 160. 
Uh, that's the highest level of gear you can get. It is not raising with Morrowind like a lot of people were thinking. So I think that's a really interesting point of discussion too because they've said it's coming. We've data mined the materials. Uh, it's been a very, very long time since they've done it. And if they're not doing it with Morrowind, when are they going to do it? I would have thought Morrowind would have been the perfect time yeah. to do it, to be honest. No, I don't, I don't want them to do it. Uh, so, yeah. No. Um, yeah. 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 Uh, personally, I'd love to see them just do away with this gear cap idea completely and just smush everything down to 50 at some point. But um, I, that, it feels vestigial again. Like It feels like just a complete relic of you know, 1.0, so to put, you know, before we had VR removed and we got the champion system and before one Tamriel. And after all of that, I feel like having gear tiers between CP0 and CP160 just feels silly. So if you're not going to be raising it, which I don't think you should, let's just smash it down. Uh, yeah. It makes Burn sense. Burn it to the ground. But my only problem is then you're getting into it because there's no gear degradation in this game. You're going to run into a fact that eventually everyone will have everything and there will be no, the economy will grow stale. Oh, you the, just got to keep adding more of it, which is what they've been doing. They have been doing that, but we all know, like, they've been adding new gear sets. They really have. But not every gear set is great for every, you know, like every class. Like, not every patch that comes out, I go, oh my goodness, that gear set is what I need now. In fact, my gear has changed very little over... But if they, um... If they if they go about you know invalidating especially some of the more RNG locked sets like monster sets if they go about saying well these are all useless now these things you've been collecting for two years that's going to go over like a ton of bricks rightfully so yeah I know well, I just, and, and, I'm, and, I'm, in a, and in a scaling world this one I actually have written about it isn't going to add anything to your game it's just going to be like well, we arbitrarily raised the, the level of the entire world around you, and now you have to catch up and lost all your gear, and it's added nothing to your gameplay. Uh, that's, that's what they're going to run into if they try to level it. How are they, they going to keep I the economy, actually, though? Well, I actually agree with this. Sorry, but I mean, I hate grinding, and the idea of increasing the level cap or gear cap or whatever is just a means for grinding without adding anything else. It's just basically gives you something to grind, but as Ag said, the new sets just doesn't make you want to do anything about it. Because I, I've been theory crafting with Galaskner on our Discord, and they've they've added like sixteen new monster sets, and I'm still using Blood Spawn or Engine Guardian. That hasn't changed. Yeah. And I had I had them since for a year or something, and I'm still using Black Rose. That hasn't yeah. changed either. So, that's for, over a year old now, too. For, for over a year, I didn't do anything to change my build. And I mean, we, we are try, I'm trying really hard to come up with something new that works. So, mm-hmm. like, we, right now, Galaxner is trying to come up with a Dragon Knight healing build that somehow works because it gets boring after a while. And even though I hate grinding, it's, it's necessary to give players to something to grind for every now and then yeah there again dark age of camelot had this as well where gear did not raise there even when new gear was announced there was no real power gap between it but gear degraded and would eventually completely break so there was still it took a long time but there was still a thing of going oh 
after six months, my uh, my monster helm broke. I now need to get another one. Like, this game does not have that mechanic. And if they don't ever raise the cap, eventually we're going to hit a stalemate, especially if we don't keep getting new players. New players will keep the economy fresh, but eventually an MMO stops getting new players. It always just happens that way. And then it's so, a maintaining game or a degrading game. But the people who've been playing aren't going to get new gear. And therefore, the prices of all the tempers, of all these different things, all the crafting materials are just going to bottom out because no one's going to buy them. Everyone so gear, de- tons. gear degradation works great in a sandbox game where everything comes from a crafter. It would not work here. Like, you know, monster sets, again, it, with all the work it takes to get, you know, the Divines, Moloch, Kina, Shoulder, yeah. the, in the in the correct, uh, you know, armor weights, you, you can't have that just degrade on players. It's not going to happen. It wouldn't suit the game well. So when I when I read about this on Tamriel Foundry, which at this point maybe we may as well throw in the show notes. I can get that to you later. Yeah. <laughs> um, ba- basically, you know, I said, well, you've scaled the whole world. I think we need to be looking to games that have done this before because if you level, you know, change the, the, the gear cap from CP160 to CP180, you've, you've added nothing to anybody's gameplay. You've just invalidated everything that they've done before and changed raised everything else up around them and that's not gonna that's not gonna feel good um so what i said was you know guild wars 2 has been doing this rather successfully for a while um which is you know do it do it a little better than them keep adding the new sets like you've been doing keep because that's way more interesting uh but you also need to shift more of a focus to things like cosmetic rewards and i like i I have to laugh when I suggest that to this game just because of their track record here, but I, I really think that is something that they need to refocus on instead of leveling, uh, you know, level level prog- power progression of gear because I think one Tamriel just put the nail in that coffin. That's there's I don't I can't think of any way that that comes back with without just being a total PR disaster that just makes everybody unhappy. Well, Galsner brings up a great point. Um, again, in chat room, and I love these guys, and I was thinking the same thing, and this would bring your crafters into it. Even if they raise the cap, not making it refarming it, but bringing a way into the game where you could have crafters increase that CP level. I think that would mitigate the pain, but it doesn't change that it's still going to feel pointless. It's, you know, you're not, you know, when, when WoW raises their item level, you're braving off into a new raid, you're going into, you know, new, tougher enemies. If Tiso did that, they would just be making all the normal things harder. Like, the rats that you fight on Oridon are now CP-180 instead of CP-160. You know, it's... Yeah. You're not gaining in power relative to the world around you. You were just made weaker and have to catch up again. Yeah, like I mean, the it's, thing... It's completely thing, different. The thing is, in an ideal world, the good way of doing this would be to make the new sets useful. But the problem is, we are not in an ideal world, and I don't know the DPS side, but as for tanking, the new sets just didn't mean anything for over a very long time. And yeah. I was excited with the latest update. I forgot the name. What was it? But when they... Oh, one Tamriel. Uh, when they added all those new monster sets, new overland sets, and dungeon sets, I was excited. I was like, oh, nice. I, I'll, I'll, I'll get to craft or... You know, one of the grind things new there, gear. by the way, is that the new sets that have been popular, when you add them, uh, you know, a lot of the old sets that sort of remain powerful, they're just stat bonuses. And that's yep. fine, but the, the way that you make them really stand out, because let's face it, like, the optimal 
like stamina, just straight stat sets, like Hunting's, Nightmother's Gaze, those have been around. Uh, the ones that are going to be new and are going to be added are probably going to be proc sets, if they're going to be standout. And that's another can of worms. Like, well, not proc everybody's sets in love with that. Mm. But you yeah, can make exactly. the... F- you make the five set do something unique. That's where you get your build diversity where it's not just, you know, like you said, the the straight stat set of Hundings, which is pretty much just gives you weapon. It's just all pure stat increases. One idea I just had, um, what, what if we go full Diablo on this and, you know, they start adding occasional gear sets that just affect one class or certain class abilities even uniquely. Or oh, you mean like an augment where you pick it up and it augments each ability yeah. differently? Well, well they've done jabs. that already. Yeah, they've done that with the master. Well, that should be in spell craftings. Oh, have they? Master weapons. Yes, with the and, weapons. Uh, yes. Maelstrom weapons uh, affect different so basically abilities. Basically, an armor set analog. Yeah, yeah, but they are really limited. It'd be tough. And um, they are not. Be a lot of work. <laughs> well, like, that's not just... in not in power, but in diversity, they are really limited. It it depends. It really depends on on how they do it because it would be dependent upon what you're using at that time. Uh, like the the right now, because bows suck for everything other than dots. The Maelstrom bow is still amazing because what is the second ability on a bow? Volley, which is a dot, and it empowers that dot. Of course, you want that. But if you're not using volley for whatever reason, maybe uh, the uh, Master's bow is still considered fairly good. Because it powers poison injection, and poison injection is a very, very powerful um, uh, execute for ranged. So, I mean, that's something that, depending on what skills you're using, you'd be able to switch your gear around. Because it's like, even if it was per armor piece, like, oh, I have gloves that increase my, uh, I don't know, obsidian shield or whatever. Yeah, you know? I mean, I mean, the current diversity is limited. I meant that. I mean, if they oh, made okay. it, what bit, they have now, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's really only master weapons and, and uh, mm-hmm. it's weapons, literally, and it's only from master and, and maelstrom. But yeah, it would be neat if they started getting pieces where when a piece dropped, wouldn't it be neat if you got a piece that these pieces were blank? Okay, get this, they're blank, right? Other than that special ability, that augment. But then you could take it to a crafter and they could make it a set. So you're like, oh, I got these gloves that increase my uh, crit rush or whatever boots that increase but it's blank it just has a set going equip these boots and add something to your crit rush i could then take those boots to a crafter and go hey i need to replace my night mothers with this take this make this night mother's gaze so then it fills that sock bonus but also has the equip effect would be really neat to see i think my only concern here now even though this is my idea um (laughs) It feels, as we talk about it, like we're maybe treading a little bit too closely to spellcrafting, which is allegedly still coming. Maybe. But the no. thing here with, with uh, yeah, I do agree. Spellcrafting could be coming, but this the items affect the economy, and that's what we're really referring to here is yeah. if they don't ever increase the CP cap, we're not, the economy will eventually stagnate and die. Or at least find a way to make it useful because eventually everyone who will already have whatever sets they have, they're not going to need upgrade materials and tempers, so the price of them will plummet because everyone will have millions of them because it's like, hey, I have 900 tempers, but I have no gear that I really want to increase to legendary because I already well, have homestead, my best. Homestead should be cutting into the temper reserve with uh, the Master Crafting Reds. Hopefully. 
hopefully you're right. Hopefully, yes. Um, but yeah, seems they need to, to be the a, intended purpose there. Yeah, and that's great if they do that because that would be they need to make it that crafting materials do not eventually degrade to nothing, which you see this in Guild Wars Two because all gear is flat. Nothing except for the rare drops actually sell for anything, and the rare drops. The only reason why they sell is because you need need them for a million piece legendary which is just a cosmetic look which is fine well that's every, see that's what i said yeah but is, everything but else double down you know actually make cosmetics matter and yeah that's that's how you keep the economy rolling in a game that doesn't have progression right but other materials are nothing you can sell them for vendor price like there's a leather you buy i think they actually added something later that helped but originally like you get the max level leather because everyone had so much of it and no one needed to craft new gear at that level that it, you couldn't sell it on the market for more than vendor price it actually you lost money selling it on the market than you would if you just trashed it at a vendor and that's something you always have to keep in mind when you're dealing with gear that doesn't increase is how do you keep the crafting economy going without it completely bottoming out and as long as you offer a different way such as the crafting writs and the master writs and stuff like that in order to use these materials and maintain some sort of value you're okay but you have to come up with some way of doing that all right we've talked a long time about marwin we still have two more things to hit up for the news and then that's a show guys so uh arc yeah um patch notes yes okay so um this is um pts patch notes 7.2.7.4 the Elder Scrolls Online 2.7.4 is our last incremental patch on PTS and continues to fix issues surrounding the player housing system. In this patch, we are switching over to copy all PC North American mega server characters. The size of this patch is approximately 126 megabytes. So it's basically uh, lots of fixes and stuff like yeah. that. One thing Ag uh, wanted to point out is um, in housing. The Alliance Hero Shield achievement, furnishing, achievement Furnishings are currently sold only in Cyrodiil for Alliance points and are limited to members of the Associated Alliance. In, in a future update, these shield, shields will also be available at the Global Achievement Furnisher in each Alliance's capital city for gold to anyone who has completed the Associated Alliance Hero Achievements. Right. And... I mean, obviously, if you're already doing those Alliance Hero Achievements, you probably are PvPing. But in, in my case, if I wanted one of those Hero Shields, I'd have to PvP to get it, which is not necessarily a terrible thing. But it it I also am trying to collect Active Viri set. So, you know, like, I, I don't PvP enough that I get a lot of materials, so how am I going to maintain my you know what i need so seeing that's another an, another neat thing that's coming in um and also the most important thing i've seen in this patch animation the proper weapon animations will now be displayed when you move after switching a weapon so no more carrying uh my great sword like a bow and trying to shoot it that still happens yeah it does yep i keep switching between back and forth between a sword and shield and a sword and shield so yeah, even if it bugs out it's the same thing yeah <laughs> I see that. Yeah, no, that that does still uh, that does still happen. So, what? I'm well, losing my. 
Junk the oh, other thing is uh, the Crown Store Showcase for February 2017. Mm-hmm. Um, it's I'm gonna quite try to... smaller than the oh, previous yeah. ones. Yeah, uh, actually it is. And it's something that's actually really fascinating because we're moving closer to this patch. It, and I think a lot of that's because of housing items that mm-hmm. are being added. Oh, my, my, my boy. Did you kill my lamp again? I did kill your lamp again. Oh, it's that was the actually... little Nordling. Hello. Say hi, everybody. <laughs> Here you go. Say hi, everybody. Hold on. You'll be my little sound man. Sorry, all the show stops whenever my Nordlink shows up. So <laughs> give yeah. us a fuss row Steal doll. the shows. He does. He does. Um, Teach him uh, how to say profane things about crown crates. He comes. How's his, how's like his crown thumb? crates? No, he didn't try to put my earpiece back in, but I already have an ear. (laughs) Now he has both. (laughs) Now he has both, and I can't hear anything. Um, But yeah. Hi, buddy. I love you. You love me? No? Can I have a kiss? Give daddy a kiss. No, he doesn't want to. He doesn't. No, he does not not perform under camera. So after this, he'll be like trying to kiss me while he's walking up at the thing. So. Um, but yeah, no, this is a much smaller patch than our, uh, crown store showcase, but I think a lot mm-hmm. of it's because of housing and a lot of, yeah. we're going to see a lot of influx for housing, um, furniture. I'm pretty so, okay with the way they're monetizing housing so far. <laughs> I mean, obviously I, I wish they wouldn't He's do it at all, it. <laughs> but I, I like that they're focusing on sort of repackaging things that are earnable in-game within the crown store instead of making a bunch of cash shop exclusive items. And I don't really have any faith that it's going to stay that way, but it's uh, it's something I like right now. Yep. No, no one else is talking uh, yeah. at this point. I was hoping someone else would keep talking as I handed him off, but I guess not. All right. Um, yeah, Crown Store Showcase. I'm hoping that this is something they do. Like, I like the ability to buy stuff in-game. Like, I honestly think Crown Store stuff should be attainable in-game somehow, even if it's even if it's an insanely hard thing to do. Um. I know Guild Wars 2 allowed, they had the Let gold. you sell them. That's what every other MMO does. Yeah, let, let one people person buy, buy it and then sell it to other people. Yeah, that would it's get It's not that hard, Zoss. Then people, people will buy more of them because they'll buy one for themselves and one to sell. Yeah. I mean, and then, then That's I why can... every other game but you does it. <laughs> I agree. I 100% agree because it's something that, like you said... People with a lot of excess cash will buy multiple because it's just easier for them to get golden game. So, and I mean golden game. Oh, you got your baby too. I see. I, like I did. That. He was oh, <laughs> is that a corgi? Yes. Yes, it is. Shall I get mine? He's not a corgi. Do you have one? Oh, it's not a corgi. Get mine. Let me go and get my thing. Hello, Doom Howl. Doom Howl. Um, I mean, so- crown to gold kind of happened with the exclusive. Um, well, Cra- motifs that uh, required mimic stones to craft. So that 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 was an initial crown to gold sink, I guess. Yeah, I guess it was, but I mean, I don't know. It hello. say hello. I'm actually gonna try to. There we go. Leave it. 
Doesn't even work. Figures. Oh, nope. He wants down. He wants down. He's done. <laughs> He's had it up. got yours. <laughs> I like it. Mine's running around. Everyone I'm knows. Back everyone knows Mike is because she never leaves me alone during a show. It's pretty um, funny, like how many times in a show. Granted, this is a really long show. She can walk right in front of you. Yeah. Right. Like well, cut the power off. A lot. Hello. Um. But yeah, uh, let, let's just talk about this real quick, and then we'll wrap up here we got two new costumes we got the desert garden gala overdress and the majestic dune raider ensemble which are uh red guard themed and actually someone was mentioning that we got a lot of these costumes but we haven't seen anything cool like armor costumes in a very long time it's all been these clothing costumes uh yeah the uh, the little bathing suits in the new life festival yeah yeah but at least those you got in game and that is something with the holiday events there are cosmetics you can earn in game which is cool and speak of the devil are the Khajiit devil (laughs) you're the one who shut off my podcast yes you are Uh, there's a few housing items mostly uh, packs of things so you'll be able to buy packs of housing items in certain styles and therefore you don't have to get a crafter um Here's something that's fascinating that I'm. I don't see how it would be available in game, but the formal garden shrubbery and the trees of Tamriel Garden Pack, being able to buy those trees, I wonder if those are going to be Crown Store exclusive. Because what are you going to craft them with? Maybe alchemy, maybe. Mm. But like, I don't uh, think I'm those are sure. craftable, right? Like woodworking. Well, maybe I don't know. Um, and one black cat, which is cool, as well as a few cosmetic markings for body markings, facial markings, and the Duchess personality. That's all we got for this month, which is, does seem a, a little smaller. I guess if I go over everything, it's about the same size, but a lot of it took up with housing. Yeah. And housing is able to be crafted in game, so maybe I, I'm just not thinking of it the same way. It's kind of like whenever I see a, a motif page, I'm like, oh, well, okay, so I can buy it if I don't want to make it in game. Yeah. So we that, haven't seen many personalities, have we, for a while? I think this is it's, one of the first ones for a while. The last one I got we got was Commander, and I think we got that with Dark Brotherhood. Mm, yeah. Still on my torch one, where you just carry around a torch. I think there was another one in between. It, I have Commander, but or Lantern. I, I, I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm a big Lanterns of Tamriel mod user. <laughs> or was it Lanterns of Skyrim? Whatever. I want one. I want I want to walk out. The I want one with my it, delves it, where I'm arc- walking around. Zoss, the, watch, the, the Watchman personality. That's where you walk around at night with the, the lantern. Yeah, It'd be a go. belt lantern, too. Whatever. Make it a costume with a lantern. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so a nerd man in chat saying it was Thief or something. I did remember Thief, but I thought that came with Thieves Guild and then Commander was with Dark Brotherhood, but maybe I'm wrong. Um, but yeah. So, ladies and gentlemen, that is the news for this week. There hasn't been a lot of other news because, of course, Morrowind happened, and we spent a good portion of the show talking about that. Um, and, of course, our Tales section, and, of course, my lore rants. So, all <laughs> of that was in there. I hope everyone enjoyed that show. Um, we had a lot of fun with it. Um, don't forget that Housing comes out on Monday, uh, which I should have this podcast out hopefully by Monday, so you'll have something to listen to while the servers are down. Um, so, enjoy that, and we, we've got a nice long show for you. So, thank you so much for my co host. You guys have anything you want to say before we hop off uh, Arkaneer? Um, yeah, it's been fun. 
I, I, I got to sit back and enjoy the podcast as a co-host listener, I guess, because that was fun. And yeah, I mean, having a full cast is always great. Um, having people that can discuss lore is always great because if I am alone with you and I ask you the question, that would have been bad for me. I don't know. <laughs> I, I seem to think I uh, I kind of made everyone go back, uh, back away with slowly. the lore. <laughs> yeah. I don't, Nate, I don't think can, anyone got there with me. I love it, mate. Nate I love it. it so. <laughs> Guys might have loved Nate it, but I think I quartered the lore market today and everyone's just like, oh. <laughs> I need to go study, and I'll be back. <laughs> so, so um, yeah, um, sleep. Yeah, buddy, I, I saw you were tired. <laughs> so uh, thank you, Ark, for uh, being here today. And I know it's, it's well, early for you, but you haven't got a lot of sleep. So go sleep, and uh, uh, thanks for showing up. Um, Nate, a.k.a. Misa. Yes. You need to it's come on Tales a- more, man. I'm just going to bug you about it. Uh, well, I mean, it's always my pleasure. Basically, any weekend that I can, I tend to volunteer it. Yeah. Uh, I think I was going to be on the other week, but then the show didn't happen. I think there was yeah. you guys were sick, so I was sick. Was... And Ark, I think, had finals or something that he was working on, so or he was working, and it was just like, yeah, now we'll just whatever. Yeah. So it's 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 always good to be here, and I think for this for this expansion news as well, it's just. Uh, it's the right time, and it, it's been it's been a lot of fun to to really geek out on that a lot. So, you know, con- let's continue those conversations on on Twitter for anyone who who wants to talk uh, and find me in game at uh, what am I, Miss Misa, uh, Nate ESO, yeah, Nate ESO on Twitter. That's it. And uh, you're welcome. I've also been pestered by this Khajiit on my lap for the last ten minutes. So if anyone's heard purring down the phone, uh, down the microphone, it wasn't me. It was. Uh, it was this very happy Khajiit on my lap right now. Hey, mine's on my lap right now, too, because at least she's quiet. And sorry, this must have been a weird episode for you. Like, I feel it like you're weird. conflicted. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm a little conflicted, but, you know, I was really excited that we got to talk about the new dragons that they're adding to the game. Um, I think that's going to be a great addition because we all really love that about Skyrim, the first Elder Scrolls game. So... Um... <laughs> If you're not, I know if you listen to a podcast right now, you're not seeing, and there's just this dead air. But it's, <laughs> I, I think it, it's implied. Wherever there's dead air, just come to the YouTube video and just watch. My face right now could curdle milk. Yeah, it is. All right. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for a chat room. It was an amazing chat room tonight. Thank you so much for coming out. I want to thank my co-host, Arkanir Asari, Nate, A.K. Misa, and, of course, all the wonderful people at Zoss who are bringing us Morrowind, which is my first game that I ever bought and brought back tons of nostalgia for me. So thank you so much. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Tales of Tamriel, and we will be back next week for more fun, more adventure, and... Well, hopefully just more of us and Tamriel. Everyone have a wonderful night. See everybody. See you guys.